0: Obviously, we are here for Worlds now. Now, here's the thing. Depends what camp you're in. In my elitist camp, Worlds is about to begin. I'm looking forward to it, Monty. You know, I've been waiting. There's been some like games, you know, like low level like uh, amateur games or something that they've been showing. I've been watching some of those, you know, quite funny stuff, watching some like amateur French kid, like style on people which have aren't even in the game. I think there's some sort of like exhibition tournament throwback version of the game or something. But now real world has begun. Now, obviously the plans have happened, the qualifier series has happened, we'll talk about all that. The only thing is, Monty, the problem with the game in life, and especially when you stay up all hours of the day, is it can be quite hard to actually have a balanced diet to get all the, like, nutrients and electrolytes that you might need into your diet. So I just wondered, Monty, like, I'm having some problems with this. It's sort of like an earnest moment. Like, do you have any ad- advice in life as to what I could do? Maybe products that like you could offer me or services?
1: I do. In fact, Thorin, I it brought a bunch of this wonderful product called Liquid IV with me to Korea. And right before... Yes. We did this show. I I did because it's great. So I brought (laughs) it with me to Korea. And right before this show, in fact, I was at the gym drinking liquid IV in my water bottle, which is why, of course, I have the abundant energy because I had the caffeinated version that I do right now. And I'm not hella thirsty, as it were, as we start this show. So I threw myself in the shower. Then I fired up the stream, and here I am. So liquid IV, obviously great for workouts. uh, But even if you're traveling, say on an airplane, as you know, airplanes very dry, especially, for example, when I came over here on a 13-hour flight from Korea, Liquid IV was great at that point in time. Oh, for sure. Yes. So yeah, highly recommended, highly recommended, guys. Also has a bunch of vitamins in it. So you get that. They have uh sugar-free versions now. I like the sugar versions personally, uh, because a lot of times I'm doing them while working out and having sugar when you're doing a lot of physical activity is actually good because you get the energy to burn immediately. But if you're not working out, then maybe you want the, the sugar free version. So that one's great as well. So, um, Lots of new flavors. There's now white peach, green grape, and lemon lime. I haven't had a chance to try those yet, but especially lemon lime, I feel like I'm pretty down with.
0: What's your go-to, though? What's, like, the one that you default back to? Because I like the tangerine one or the um, strawberry lemonade one. Those are my two favorites.
1: Yeah, strawberry lemonade's really good. I like, for working out the caffeinated one, the yuzu pineapple, and then I also really like the sea berry. Which is a very interesting flavor. So I, I guess it's from it's like a Himalayan fruit. I looked it up. Okay, uh, so very strange, but it tastes really good. So I've not idea what any of this stuff comes
0: from. Like you, like yuzu, bet or whatever. That one just sounds like some sort of Chinese streaming service back in the day with LBL, <laughs> didn't it? Like you know, it tastes straight
1: <laughs> What can I like, say? Obviously,
0: people can use the code LFN for. Yes. Is it twenty percent off Monty? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So so you can get it. Uh, in, so you can get the Liquid IV Hydration Multiplier sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco, or you can get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code LFN, obviously, for Last Free Nation at checkout. So it's 20% off anything, your entire order. Stuff's great, man. Uh, everybody I know loves this stuff. Like, I, I brought some to my gym and just handed it out, and everybody was incredibly psyched. Uh, I'll tell
0: you something, Monty. I'm going to yeah, point yeah. out right now. That is straight fire. But it's, it's not even in any way mocking, it's actually just funny, which is just one of those crazy happenstances in life. You know, Carl Jung called them synchronicities, sure, Monty, yeah, because yeah, yeah. he didn't believe in, te- in a sense they were just random things that were somehow connected to your subconscious. All I'm gonna say is think about the show, Summoning Insight, Monty. It goes all the way back to 2014, when you had teams like Curse, Liquid. What was the meme about Team Liquid?
1: They were fourth. <laughs> right, look at the name Liquid IV in Roman numerals. <laughs> Liquid 4, of course.
0: All I'm saying is, <laughs> is right there, the uni- How many years did we talk about that? The universe provides. That's all I'm saying, guys. If you put the energy out there, it will return to you.
1: Well, uh, I hate to say it, Thorin, but I do not think Liquid is going to end worlds in this fourth one. Place. I don't think, no. sure. sure. Spoiler. Yes. Spoiler, guys. Uh, that's, that's definitely not going to happen. APA yes. is that, not having a miracle rookie world. run.
0: It's not during the world, it's after worlds they're gonna need the help of APA, the American, you know, physicians uh, association or whatever. <laughs> whatever you get the job. I mean, they haven't actually gone for that joke on the LCS, but whatever. I guess it's a bit of a reach in you know? it. By <laughs> the way, though, we shouldn't actually start like I say, technically, right. This is one thing I think we have to do, Monty, is, I made that joke there, but to me, Plains isn't really Worlds, because and I actually mean that, actually, not just as an elitist comment. I mean it in the sense that, like, Worlds is the World Championship, and Plains intentionally is separated because they know these teams would all get destroyed by the main teams. There's about two and a half teams in each plane that maybe could win a game, so the reason I bring this up though is this, Monty, everyone's going to think it's easy to go, ha, staring you idiot, that is part of Worlds. Well then, what about this qualifier series? By the same logic, isn't the qualifier series, like, like, why, why does Team Wales get to be in Worlds, but like, Golden Guardians doesn't because they played a better rate? You know what I mean? Because to me, like, should we bundle this in? Because technically, we've got that match to talk about too. Everyone's forgetting about that one. I, I know, it, I know, it was a quick thing zero, and everyone in America wants to pretend it didn't happen, but it did happen. Like the match, was, I have to say. By the way, first things first. Obviously, let's just get all the obvious things out of the way. It was silly to have it at six AM, fucking European time, and all that jazz. I don't, still don't know why they did that. And then, obviously, on the pit, on surface, it looked like it was going to be ruined by BDS coming, like, last minute. But the joke is, like, like they, fucking, they did they pulled, like, the beginning of Dark Knight Rises, didn't they? Like, you're a big guy, like, for you. Then they'd fucking wrecked him 3-0. So, in the end, it doesn't matter they came late. There's one anyway, didn't it? So, what were your thoughts on this match, Monty? Because I hope this was going to be a banger, but it was kind of shit, actually. It was funny, but it was shit.
1: Well, I mean, this is the form that we saw Golden Guardians in in the summer playoffs. We just thought... That they would get their shit together over the course of a month boot camp or three weeks of boot camping in Korea. In fact, their shit was not together. Their shit was strewn all over the place as if a troop of monkeys got into it. And what do you say? Like it was, uh, <laughs> it was just a complete mess. Like the Gory didn't look like he was back in form whatsoever. The synergy and early game pressure that they had built off of the river Gory two v two was entirely absent. In fact, they strayed away from some of these strategies very actively by doing things like playing Talia jungle. Talia jungle can be very good, but you sure ain't doing shit early with Talia jungle. You are. Power farming. And so you just didn't have any kind of activity. Gory played just a shameful best of five. Uh, it was not close. And this is this is in spite of the fact that everybody thought that Golden Guardian had a Golden Guardians had a slight edge coming into yes. this series. They didn't
0: bang everything. Yep.
1: I mean, to be fair, we thought the Golden Guardians that had the slight edge was the regular season Golden Guardians. And we thought that that's the form we would see them in, not playoffs Golden Guardians, in which case we would have said that BDS probably has a pretty large advantage. But it was really quite pathetic. I know what we need to do
0: now, right? We have to rehabilitate Adam's sort of career narrative because the problem is it doesn't actually work anymore, Monty. Like, here's the problem. Essentially, what we're all doing with Adam is treating him like he's an idiot who doesn't know how to play the game, but he just has two champions, and so when he plays those ones, he can win. So, like, why won't... It's essentially like the classic meme in League, like, why won't they just ban those two champions? But the problem is it's not really, is it? Like, first of all, if you've watched this year, I mean, in this series, he got another one, didn't he? Yes, it's part of the gods meme, but garen was there. That's not fucking all off a. And then secondly, people do know that he plays these champions, but they can't stop him. In fact, the hilarious thing is, the reason why I guarantee you, in this world, there will be teams will give him the Olaf and Darius once or twice, is because they also... Just think, well, we can take care of that. It's not a real champion, is it? Like, it's not in the meta, or they've seen it once before, and not the million times. So the funny thing is, it doesn't totally work to make it that. He's just a moron, because he obviously can win games, and he has this weird specialty. So instead, here's how we're going to pivot it, right? What it is, is this, Monty. Adam is, like, in Game of Thrones. Remember the first season of Game of Thrones, when it was the book Game of Thrones, the one with Ned Stark going to... And in this this scenario, remember, in that world, their dominant religion is that one of the seven, which is all the stuff in King's Landing, right? But remember... The Starks and the Northern people have like, the old ways, the don't they? They follow yeah. the old gods. Well, here's the thing. Adam does follow the old gods. Because <laughs> even though Set is a newer champion, all those other champions are is fucking old, aren't they? Olaf, Darius, Garen. It's like he only follows that way of following the game. And but tell you what, when he does do it, though, it, obviously these gods, it's a bit like a sort of American god scenario. The gods have efficacy. When you believe in them, they do give you power. <laughs> because he does get some inordinate power from these gods. Other people who believe in them don't, don't believe in them, sorry, and try playing them, don't receive. Like, that's the way thing. Because actually the joke is, after seeing this series here, it's like, I, I can't spend the whole year doing this, like telling everyone in LEC, like, oh, they're all just going to ban him in the playoffs. And then, oh, look at the point. Play- you just ban him out. Like, you can't. Like, what I've realized now is this. It's something I learned a long time ago. It's why someone told me that, like, you know, when we went from three bands to five, people were doing that stupid thing where they were like, but what about if someone just puts all five bands on one guy and then he has to play a sixth champion? And then people pointed out. But they never will, though, because the way draft works you'd give up so much elsewhere it never makes sense adam essentially monty just permanently exploits that factor like no one's really gonna actually ban like olaf and darius and like Gat. no one's gonna ever do it so it actually does mean he will always be able to play one of these bloody champions as bad as it sounds
1: but I, I, honestly i actually don't think that's a bad strategy because here's You're the making thing it work. <laughs> a- adam 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 <laughs> actually Look, series, mate, no yeah. i think people should ban these champions against him. I think they should. I think that they should force him against the wall. I I mean, okay. look of them. Why not? Look at the... Uh, okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing, Thorin. He, his playstyle also forces te- his own team, BDS, to ban Rumble and Kennen. So, like, they have to ban two champions against any kind of decent top leader who will be able to play both of those champions, especially as we get into the Swiss stage. And so if you just ban his champions and he ends up on what fucking Scion or Renekton, like, is anybody really concerned about that? I would just take his bullshit straight out of the pool. Just ban Garen, Darius, and Olaf and be prepared if he, in fact, plays sets, which is probably, I think, the least threatening of the champions in the gods quartet that he plays. So I don't know, man. I, I think that because it's true that he warps the enemy's draft and, and ban phase, if you choose to do that, but he's also warping BDS's ban phase because they can't play unless he's playing those champions. Like yeah. you saw the Scion game. Holy shit. Are, gonna are, here's, a here's, bit. Don't here's the other thing. Are you concerned? Like, who else are you going to ban out? You know what Nuke's going to play. He doesn't have a champion pool. Okay, so you give Sheo Maokai or potentially Sejuani. What- whatever, man. Like, you should be able to deal with this. Um, don't, uh, you know, Don pointed this out, but don't give BDS Red Side. Force them to blind a top laner. You know, force them to do it. For example, the other thing you could, like, are you afraid of Crown Shot? Crownshot's dying in lane, constantly in play-ins. what do you think ruler is going to do to this guy in swiss like i think Krom- you know, so the other part that's a
0: killer about this particular opening series as well it's like it's not even like bds looks awesome man they actually look fucking ass so the <laughs> fact that golden guardians got stomped is just an indictment of golden guardians isn't dude, it? Like, dude
1: they almost I, I mean i don't think losing the psg is that shameful because psg as a one seed from taiwan should actually should be decent yeah exactly. be decent Um, So, you know, they they did make the reverse sweep like credit to them for doing that. But this is also a team that lost to the second team from Vietnam. Like, what does that say about Golden Guardians, dude? That is fucking terrible. Like Golden Guardians, there's there's a real question having watched those games. And yeah, we only got the best of five and maybe they would have adapted if they had more information because they looked wildly off the meta. But I don't know, man. I don't know if I'd put them above anybody but DFM and R7, given their performance. See, this is where, and
0: sadly, you can tell by the sort of shitty and grin, I obviously just mean it tongue-in-cheek, don't I? I don't really mean it to our fans. But this is where, what I would do, Monty, if you know me in my p- position in the world, sometimes I think to, there are traditions that already exist that are better than things people have come up with now, Monty. I'm not necessarily one of these people who believes Rose at the cutting edge of progress. So, for example, here's what I would do. I would bring back a tournament from the League of Legends past that would fix all these problems. What I would do is I would have a tournament tournament instead of planes, it wouldn't be at Worlds, because I wouldn't want you to feel like you got to Worlds. It feels like part of the qualification. It's called the International Wildcard Qualifier, but the point is I'm putting LCS in it from now on. So, (laughs) that's what I'd do for the ultimate (laughs) iniquity or whatever, send the LCS to the International Wildcard. And by the way, like I say, just to absolutely mock them, the fact that you're not actually at Worlds, say Worlds is in China, then the International Wildcard Qualifier is in Cancun or something, you know, you don't even get (laughs) to go to the event like you just play at that and unless you can beat by the way like Team Wales from Vietnam and fucking Gloud from Brazil and Team from PCS you don't get to go if you can't win that tournament you don't get to be in Worlds because actually on a more serious note by the way the one thing I will say is an upside about like the playing shit all that is that now that they've finally expanded the slots for the LPL and LCK it does mean that the main event now is mega stacked money that's the one thing that's good you know how shit it used to be that you used to wait for planes to finish and then the main event was like half Planes as well because it was like all those wild card teams and like all the shit hitting. Now, when you look at the main event, man, life looks fucking fire, doesn't it? Like, there's only like the odd match you wouldn't watch, like, all the rest of them, like, on paper, you fucking starving for.
1: Yeah, and and look, I think we do have to praise before we get into Swiss, with which you and I both know is going to be awful, but everyone else thinks is going to be good because they <laughs> are it. will be
0: fun. There'll be drama. There'll be some good drama. Yeah. Look, no, no, Here's the problem. I'm just waiting for that moment, Monty, where it's like you know, and then and the two in the one zero t- game. Here we have we have like Gen G's playing against like fucking you know. LNG and it's like what in the second round? Like yeah, so get ready, that's coming. Just wait for that. I'm waiting for that already.
1: And then then also, it'll it'll be like you know. Cl- you know, Cloud Nine if they win. It, I mean, the whole thing is just going to be ridiculous. It'll be today. some bullshit for sure. Yeah, and yeah, it's so you guys are not prepared. But I will say one thing that is good about this format is that the plans were actually really fun this year. As garbage as the games were, we did get to see the, I mean, Mon- the levels are really close now. We'll say, yeah. the, the joke is considering this is like a, a,
0: a sub tournament. Actually, the parity is really close now, mate. Like we were talking about when we were doing the preview, but actually, when you look at it now, it's not obvious who should actually always win, like. There are, there's a lot of wiggle room. It feels like.
1: Yeah, and I think the play-in stage was really fun. Now, part of the reason it was really fun is because we rescued the fourth LPL and LCK seeds out of the play-in tournament to actually make yes. it much more compelling and and competitive. So that was almost certain. By the way, they orderly did that because the RX won Worlds last year. They just don't <laughs> want to look. It makes you look dumb, mate. When your playing team wins World, you know what I mean? Like right? that doesn't <laughs> make you look silly. Come on. <laughs> I don't think that will ever happen again, but sure. No, they can't. Surely,
0: <laughs> format launch shouldn't allow that. That's why they were right to change it. It just looked stupid, right? Come on.
1: But the format was a lot better, and we we got to get rid of the worst, the obvious two worst teams as quickly yep. as possible, and we got to see a bunch of compelling matchups between a variety of regions. So, um, I didn't. I thought it was fun. You know, they were bad games. But it was entertaining to watch, you know, a lot of the games really delivered and we got to see a variety of different styles from these teams, different champion pools. Will they hold up against the big dogs? Obviously not. But for 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 a appetizer for worlds, this was quite pleasant. And if they just fix the rest of the format now, imagine how good it could be, because remember what GSL groups are, which they used, which they are double elimination four team brackets. OK, and not only was this double elimination 14 brackets, but at the end of those double elimination brackets, the top two teams then played a best of five. Now, meanwhile, that's a good format. Yeah, I agree. Meanwhile. And so that means basically that, you know, every team, you know, the, even the team that was in second place basically got a double elimination because they were able to play in the best of five. Right. So this is a great format. Now, the problem is, is that we still have a bracket format that is single elimination for absolutely no reason. I'm going to keep pounding on this so it gets into everyone's skull. But remember that we have three weeks of bracket stage to play seven best of fives. Three weeks. Three weeks. We could clearly do a double elimination bracket within those three weeks. It is ridiculous that the last two weeks of competition only have... Three best of fives. It's stupid. And especially in a small country like Korea, it doesn't take long to move from one venue to another. So you can actually do it. You can actually get everything set up very quickly. It's not like moving across all of North America or Europe. Europe also requires making international border transfers and God knows what kind of paperwork it takes for a convoy of trucks to do that for, you know, a concert or a live event like this. So, yeah, it's it's just absurd. So the hilarious part of this world is we are going to get a more robust format for the worst teams rather than getting a great format for the best teams. We are getting robbed of the best games. And that fucking sucks, especially after watching MSI. problem is, though, and this is the
0: real problem, I actually don't see what motivating factor there would be for Riot to change it. It's why I made that point earlier. Part of it's like, I want it to be true as well, but I also think it is true as a sentiment. After this World, everyone will just go, oh, I can't just have the MSI format for Worlds. The problem is, will Riot ever listen, is the question. That's my only hope, is that they look at that and see how awesome it was, and then maybe change their mind, but I don't know if I believe they will, mate.
1: (laughs) Well, they've already said that the reason why they have two different formats for MSI and Worlds is that they want to keep the stakes up for Worlds because in their mind, single elimination is somehow more high stakes, which it's not. It's the same stakes. You There are matches where you win the tournament or matches where you get eliminated. They're literally the same stakes. It just doesn't make sense. They don't want to do it because also, they want to change it, told- locations. I've always found that such a weird argument, too, because it's what
0: I hate is arguments, Monty, where someone hasn't like thought through the whole point. And it's like not like they agree with the whole thing. They just like that argument there. They've just thought the first part of the thought and went, yes, I like that. So they stopped thinking. So what they thought, Monty, was this, like you say, well, the thing with singular limits. Obviously, the stakes are high because you can be eliminated at any point. Stop thinking right there. Don't think the point through. That means it's good. It's like well, what are the options though? Because here's what here's why Double limb also is very good. Because when you're like the team, I'll give you an example, Monty. When you're JDG and you're support, not even you're supposed to do well at worlds. You're supposed to win worlds. Imagine the stakes when you lose once and you're on your second life, mate. Because you had two cracks in it. If anything, you could be more forgiven if it's a B or if it's a single olymp tournament. Anyone can lose once. Imagine if it's two lives and you fucking don't win it. <laughs> oh my god, that's the real stakes right there. That's amazing. This is where, see what I mean. You just think the thought through. Like it's not like theirs is invalid. If you want the ultimate stakes, like it, it's essentially to never let up the pressure. Single limb will do that, but essentially you have to ask at what cost. don't you, you think through the whole scenario. Like what do I give up in exchange for that? Because the way this thing I've always thought about the single limb versus double limb is there's obviously pros and cons for each. It's just for some reason the people who like single limb just essentially pretend the other one doesn't exist or is. We all know it's secretly flawed in some way. I don't. I don't get it myself really. Like I think there's loads. Of, I mean. I, like I said, I, I don't even mind it being single limb. But if you keep it single limb like this for worlds, then let's just then here's the deal: you can keep the playoffs single limb, but then get rid of this Swiss system. Let me and Monty tell you the best robustest group stage, and then you can have single limb. Yeah, okay exactly. After that, yeah. Because, by yeah. this way, if we did, like, if people don't know, well, we did Flashpoint, we made, for similar reasons, I mean, we were going to have double limbs as our group, up, up as our bracket anyway, but essentially, to make it robust as possible, we just had loads and loads of sample size in the group stages, so essentially, at that point, if someone had fucked up their bracket, they fucked it up, it yeah, wasn't exactly. like, you know, one match. <laughs> it wasn't that they lost one B or one, and they got the crazy and lucky. no, no, it's more like they didn't win enough for these matches, they had a bunch of them against top teams, and therefore, they end up with a bad seat. At that point, as long as the tournament makes it make sense as to why you have a bad seat, it's fine, that's part of the narrative of the tournament. My problem, like I say, is you lose like one B or one, you don't know it's going to be consequential. That turns out like a literally, essentially a dice is rolled and you happen to be the seven instead of the five and you get like the hardest team in the tournament. Like, There's there's no narrative to that. Like what are you telling the fans? Well, because of the dice roll going wrong, guys, we've got the two best teams in the world playing the quarter. Like, that's a shit storyline. Like do, There's nothing satisfying for anyone in that storyline. Look, I'll give Riot this. It's incredibly thrilling, but the problem is the thrill wears off five seconds when you realize the final happened in the quarters, did not it? Like it's a bummer <laughs> at that point in time, guys.
1: Yeah, and and look, this is there. There are a lot of things that can happen with the draw that occurred. For example, because we have BLG versus KT in the first round, one of those teams has to lose, which means that if there is a single upset, or even let's say G two versus one is a very close set, the loser of BLG versus K- KT can play the le- loser of G two versus Dom one, and then one of those teams will end up with two losses. Meanwhile, other it's like it could be like Gam versus Team Liquid, right? It, it's not fair. <laughs> like well, there's are, a world for real where BLG could be like
0: zero and two, but only have played as you say like KT rolled into Dom one. Exactly. Game, like, you know what I mean? Like D plus <laughs> whatever, key, whatever sponsor yeah, yeah. Should we all know.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, (laughs) still ridiculously, yeah. This is where we're going to end up with some really stupid results. And if there's an upset, then it gets even crazier. Like, I don't think upset
0: through the whole thing, man.
1: I don't think it's likely to happen. But we can't say there is a zero percent chance that Weibo doesn't run it down against NRG. Like, there's a chance NRG can win that game. There's a chance NRG can win that game. Um, Yeah, especially if you because they're best of ones. If you get a if you smash them at level one. You could maybe snowball, right? Uh, If they decided to just run it down. Here's another factor. Because these teams haven't played on stage yet and the meta isn't set, all they have to do is have one bad read on the meta from their scrims and then they get blasted and then they get upset and they lose. They lose the best of one. So the whole format is... Is going to be wild. Of course, the fans will love it because inevitably this will produce upsets. There's no, there's really no way oh, it won't. Yes,
0: no, no. In that sense, yeah, for the for the novelty of the upset, it will work. The, by the way, the reason this is a complicated topic, so I'm going to do a video on it is, I still do think this is better than the previous format sure. we had for Worlds, but that's because I always thought that was one of the worst formats ever because not only was it like round robin, which I despise, then you did that weird thing with the regions and then because you did the regions thing, then you can't see it properly. So it's like, that was no joke. The worst of all worlds, the old format. So this is better. The problem is it's just there's much better ones we could go to. You can even if people don't know, do Swiss system differently. Like believe it or not, my actual biggest problem isn't even just Swiss, it's just the seeding angle. Like because I know Riot will never seed properly. I'll probably even start my video like that once. I was even thinking of this. You know the screen of just the pools? The pools alone and tell you why this can't be a good tournament. Like I'll give you an example. You look at the pools and immediately you've got like Katie Rolster in like pool three or something there. You know what I mean? Like, what's the point in this? What are we doing? <laughs> Meanwhile, yes, you know what? Like cloud nine or whatever is in like pool one or whatever the fuck, like, not what, <laughs> sorry, pool two or something. You know what I mean? Like, they, not, There's no rhyme or reason to some of the pools is the problem. So if you start with bad inputs, the outputs aren't going to be good at the end. Are they? If it's a scoff system, so it's whatever. Luckily, though, as you say, it will be thrilling. Like, for example, if any upset ever happens, that also just throws everything out of whack. Everything out of whack. Because that all, every upset, all, it's like, and we're not talking like the close ones. Like, obviously, like Billy Billy is technically a slight underdog to Katie. I don't count that as an upset, obviously. But if, like, for example, Fnatic, like Flukes, LNG, or. G2 beats D+, or these sorts of results, that's the ones where that team, if they do the upset, if they then get lucky, the whole tournament can be ruined from then on out. Because like we're saying, the other side of it, Monty, is not only can people like One and BLG be 0-2, almost eliminated, but then there can be a world where, like, the actual, like, Western teams that are good, if they get lucky, might only have to win, like, two real matches. Although the, the thing is, you do have to remember at the end to be fair, there's a BL3. So the BL3 should take care of, like, people like BDS, if they ever got there. Like, there's no way they're going to win the b 3 against an Asian team. So you, you hope at the end, it'll all work out. It'll all work
1: out. I guess you're uh, more confident than I am. I mean, not all the... You do think
0: well, the biggest problem, I would say, is this, Monty. I actually think the area where this... Format will actually be worse for this game than CS because if CS goals the one that I'm basing this off, like why I don't like it. It's going to be worse for League of Legends though because League of Legends is way more about specific prep and your specific like plan for someone with the draft. Whereas like in Counter Strike, it's like you have a sense of how people play anyway. All you do like when I find out I'm playing you tomorrow, all I'm doing is getting your tendencies. Now you know I'll work it into what I'm doing. I actually think for League it's even more crazy, Monty. Like the idea that I can play, like for example, Katie Rolster plays BLG today. The idea that you then tell one of them whoever wins that. Game like oh yeah by the way guys be back in about thirteen hours to play um, JDG in the next like what do you th- you know what I mean like what like imagine if you kids you must like what the fuck like that that's gonna be ridiculous mate those, those sessions overnight like fucking hell those Asian teams are gonna be that's like some like you know like in what you like the crunch session or he just lock himself <laughs> in the room until it's done like that's gonna be wild mate well, I bet it, some of those guys will be burned to fuck those scorches.
1: I, I mean it's the same thing that happens we'll never be sleeping uh, yeah it's the same, we'll same thing that asleep. happened in groups though like you'd play you'd play a day like the following week after the initial round Robin where you'd play three opponents within one day and then possibly tiebreakers. The difference is that you would have like usually two or three days at least to prepare for your three game day. Yeah, doing it the next day is crazy. Oh, it's wild, isn't it? but, But this is, I mean, Again, this is not something the Asian teams are used to doing either, because the formats oh, no. of LPL and LCK are you have multiple days to prepare for a single opponent in a best of three. So it's really quite crazy, you know what they're doing.
0: And that's I one think the, there'll be more upsets as a result, by the way. I think that'll make even more crazy upsets.
1: Yeah. And this is why I just don't like riots, uh, the differences in formats worldwide in general, because they haven't decided what they're testing for. Right yes. now, we, now in LPL and LCK, we have you prep for a single opponent in a best of three and both of them have double elimination playoffs at this point in time. Uh, And you have long round-robin regular seasons. Now, it has to be said, I'm not a fan necessarily of the regular season formats of LCK and LPL. But if these are the teams that you're testing in order to get into Worlds, please apply the same tests once they get to Worlds. Like, you can't say, this is how you qualify for Worlds. We are testing teams to overcome this barrier and then do no double elimination, uh, you know, different opponents every day and best of ones for the most part. It's ridiculous. Like of course it's gonna create anomalous results. That's not what these teams are good at.
0: Yeah, the other thing is it is also wild that the first time if you're a League of Legends player, you've ever played a Swiss system. It's just the main event of worlds. What? What? Like it's only, I should have run this system before at some point in time. So I have a sense of how it works, Monty. I'm not just fucking thrown in the deep end for worlds, but just rioting it, just doing riot things, whatever. It's all good. It's all good.
1: <laughs> no, the, the whole thing is just, it's just wacky. Um, so, well, what can you say? More format complaining, but, and yet it will still be somewhat better.
0: Oh, it will be. It will be. It'll be better. (laughs) And also, as I say, the other thing that you always have to remember in the modern day of worlds is ever since whatever it was, like one, two years ago, when they introduced the four slots for both the major Asian regions, it did make the main event way better anyway, because now it becomes like, like, for example... You don't have to even get out of groups if you're some Western team. That's actually going to be really hard nowadays. Or you've got to get really lucky. you got to get this format better. Like, you better be like a Cloud9 or something and better ride that format and hope it works out for you because otherwise, like, you ain't going to be in the playoffs. So the good news is at least the playoffs can be mega stacked. <laughs> yeah. and, but i tell you what as well, these teams are amazing, the LPL and LCK team. So I have, I have faith that, like, Beyond maybe like one or two scuffed results, as long as we get like the solid, like really good six teams out of it, we can have an amazing playoff still. We can still have some bagger series.
1: Yeah, there's some question marks certainly around D plus and Weibo, but for the rest yep. for the most part, the other three LCK and LP. Yeah, exactly. The, the rest are all
0: money game. in the bank. You just want to see them in playoffs, basically. That's why the other problem is this. I mean, this is me and you obviously have had these discussions when we did the Flashpoint stuff, which it was a tournament we did in CSGO, if people don't know. Like, basically, the whole reason like we designed our group stage system there is our number one priority was we just wanted the best teams to have the best possible chance of making playoffs. Notice we didn't sit, we're not like, it's not WWE, you didn't just put them in the playoffs, you have to still win the matches but we wanted to make it so that like essentially our bias is we just want these teams in the playoffs because I've always thought that about people when they're doing the tournament. It's like when you consider how much time you have for Worlds Month, you have like a whole month basically, sure. you have millions of dollars you could run any kind of tournament so it has always seemed weird to me that you put so much of your time on what to me are the least important matches like what you said at the beginning, it used to be worse, they used to put the majority of the time into like these opening segments and like be your wants and then like it was like almost an afterthought third act was the playoffs it's like dude the playoffs is what worlds is like when we think about worlds we're not thinking Monty about like oh I'd love to see JDG play against KT in a B01. You're like, you want know to I mean in the best of five? We, that's like implications for the championships so or the key thing is I just need, like we say, those six teams, the real teams just need to make the playoffs and then obviously then we have to like hope to the riot gods that they don't get the fucking, ah, oh, it's the LPL side of the bracket and the LCK side. Like, I'm, I don't want that again. I'm sick and tired of that. How many fucking times is that going to happen in history? If anything, rig that not to happen. Just make it so that. like, to... right, Monty, they even did rig, and think about like this, I'm saying it like a joke. They have rigged every other world so that in groups you can't like be in the same yes. region. Then rig the fucking bracket so you <laughs> have to go on the other side. Get, at least can I have the good rigging? At least rig it properly, motherfucker. Give me a break. <laughs> These guys are so bad at rigging that they're actually the worst pirate I've ever met. This like I don't I've never even watched Pirates of the Caribbean. Though. I'm just like half decent attempt at a joke but I'll give myself props for that
1: one. It was a good was naval right. reference. Right. I appreciate it. Was right. it.
0: It, was right. it was all right Yeah, it was all right
1: uh, all right, uh, Thorin, I forgot. I'm going to have to surprise you with something right now. Uh, so we do <laughs> – this is this is how scuffed we are. A- Andrew, our normal producer, isn't here today because yeah. he's asleep because uh, we are doing this at uh, crazy hours because I'm in Korea now. So there's no way to deal with Korean, North American, European time zones. And uh, so I forgot to do this for the live uh, version of this show. But if you're watching the recorded version, you are about – to enjoy a trailer from our Elephant Culture channel. And if you're watching it live, Thorne and I will just keep talking after this. So here you go. Please go subscribe to Last Free Nation Culture. We're doing two shows over there. Watch this beautiful trailer.
2: In a world full of endless sequels and soulless remakes, ruled by tyrannical corporate overlords, But hope remained, as there were some who resisted. A few good men took it upon themselves to fight the good fight, to create content for all, and to forge one last free nation. Risen from the ashes of esports, they dared to discuss
1: the aesthetic of that subculture, the themes of that subculture. They keep pushing this technology, I haven't really ever liked it, but this time around I was totally in
0: He's gonna go mad ambitious here, gonna be something big. It's not at all, this is one of the most understated, if you hadn't told me it was him, I'd never guess. Analyze.
2: Incredibly, we we add humanity to the monster and the monsters are always super more interesting. Uh, demonstrated the concept that evil is ultimately
1: self-defeating. It's the cycle of the inevitability of that existential horror and critique. Like none of the things I would normally criticize this show for, I can apply to this
0: episode because it's boring. They're just smoking doobies. Also, and where did they on? get it? What's their wind supply? What is the dealer? Their I... dealers believable? To laugh. It's obviously that, isn't it? And And then they all start shooting in the place where he was. Like they
2: don't have any sense of object permanence. To love, the romance, the
1: emotional gravitas. Do you want to breed? And most importantly, to flame. It's ridiculous, and and it's just bad. It's just a bad way to end this movie. You're going to go. The graphics are age what you idiot. You fucking
0: idiot. That made no sense.
2: From Last Free Nation Culture Five-time Korean hype train conductor Monte Cristo Shen One of Two Doa Esports Thorin And Helena Cell champion Richard Lewis Presents to you Nerd Legion For your fantasy and sci-fi needs And Foreplay A fun foray into genre classics. Join them every week as they dive headfirst into the best and the worst of TV and film and bring to you expert opinions.
0: Crucially, one of the best things this movie does is it doesn't give you
1: all the answers. Hot takes. And how many fucking silly ass episodes are we going to have this season? And a
2: true love for cinema. Pierce, that really exquisite veneer, there is something great about this there really is at the heart of it only at last free nation culture
1: last free nation culture tell them about our glorious movie show
0: Oh, right. I see what you mean. I thought you meant you were going to actually play a trailer. You mean I have to just say it about the trip? Right, okay, I'm going to artificially <laughs> do it. You're right? reacting okay, so. to the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, if people don't know, obviously we have the on the Culture Channel a whole bunch of different shows, but probably my favorite one is the one called 4Play, where me, Monty, Richard... And then the movies, like the fourth horseman in this case. We watch a bunch of movies because there's four of them, isn't there, that we do in each genre. So we've done a whole bunch of them already. Basically, it's actually quite a unique concept because what I would say is this. If you just like the way we think about eSports, is that but applied to two movies in this case? Or if you want to watch, obviously, like TV shows, Monty and Door do stuff with Nerd Legion on a bunch of stuff. They've done Star Trek, The Witcher, what else Ahsoka
1: recently we're doing loki oh, now yeah, Star Wars. and fall yeah. of the house of usher now so yeah I mean, we've a, whole, a bunch, bunch
0: whole bunch of different stuff there and there'll be more stuff coming in the future
1: yeah so right now for you guys who don't know we do a genre show me richard and thorin called foreplay where we choose a genre each month we've done cosmic horror we did 80s vampire movies uh and then uh we've we've we're completing film noir, and then we're going to do 90s action movies, and Face Off is the next one. So we're ending with L.A. Confidential. That'll be coming out in a few days. And so if you guys want to watch along with us, we watch one a week. It's very easy for you to to watch along, and we pick some really fucking good movies and have a laugh about them. So, yeah, please, please go do that. Please check it out if you haven't. Uh, give us a subscription over on YouTube. It does make a big difference to us as we start to uh, ramp up content. And Thorne also does sports content if you want to talk about that while we're at it.
0: That's technically a separate channel but yeah we have a sports channel also and we've only launched at the moment one show which is an NBA show that me and Maui Snake do if you know from CSGO and at the moment I mean the season hasn't begun yet we'll be doing some of the season stuff soon but at the moment we've just done like historical retrospectives so far like we did a rewind of, like the 2006 season and we did our goat players for every position and then we did one where it was like overrated players in history and now and then underrated players so essentially it's again same concept in my opinion here's how you know if you want to watch these shows or not are you interested in the source Material? If yes, then two, do you actually enjoy the way we analyze or talk about esports? If so, there we go. Problem solved. The equation means you enjoy it because it's us (laughs) breaking down now other things you enjoy in the same inimitable
1: fashion. And also telling you the things to watch because we are better at picking things than you are. And we will expose you to glorious things that you may not have experienced otherwise. Uh, and yes. also trash if you watch Nerd Legion and chose to watch Secret Invasions.
0: So, we and can help also you, we can help I'll you
1: avoid the trash,
0: <laughs> just like in esports. I'll do that thing where I sort of obnoxiously berate you about things you did know about, but actually are better than you think, and you should go back and reevaluate. Like Froggen, so much <laughs> like Froggen, that would maybe be I don't know, like some some old school sort of like eighties crime movie in in I don't know French or something you know you you, you probably you probably dismissed it but actually that's the real fire It's like some straight fire movie you haven't watched you know just saying there you go
1: <laughs> okay so um what's what's next now that we've done our format bitching which will inevitably come through in the next episode as well once Swiss goes exactly as we think it will barring some miracle where nobody actually uh you know nobody actually upsets anybody Um, do you want to talk about the actual matches that we're going to see going down? Let's do it. Like put it this way: of all
0: these matches, I mean, like I said up the gate, it's the most unfair one. But the obvious bang it is: BLG versus KT Rolston. Like, I I know it's only a or one, but I'm mega hyped to watch this matchup. This like I actually think that, first of all, I think it's me- it's mega. Like I think the odds are right. It's a real chance both teams could win. they both and both might even be teams that could go to the finals of worlds. Like the potential's crazy. But it's also just such a crazy style clash for me, Monty. That's what I think is going to be so fun about it. So I'm actually really looking forward to this. And then also if People only watch one or the other. This is what's hilarious. I think actually this is the team that can surprise either because if you didn't watch the LPL, you might have heard like, oh, I heard like BLG like fell off in the playoffs. It's like, yeah, only against LNG, mate. like they still they can still give everyone else in the world work. And for KT Rolster, because they had such a fucking disastrous end to playoffs, I feel like people are doing that thing that they did with T1, Monty, where when T1 were at their worst, even when Faker came back and they started winning, everyone kept acting like they're never allowed to be good again. Like KT Rolster can be good, guys. So they don't have to just be the team they were in game five of the playoffs. Like this is just B01 Swiss system. Why can't they just pop off? So I actually want to see that fucking elk versus aiming. Like let's see who the fucking pop off ADC is. Cause these two are studs. And it's a mega matchup.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think this is really interesting. Like obviously I'm super hyped to see the keen versus Bin matchup in the top lane. Um, just because bin's international performances have consistently been good. I, I think you do have to be worried a little bit about K. This is best popular in the
0: world matchup, right? The, it's this is like to say he was the best. I, I mean you could it's argue 369,
1: you know, as well. Like, but it's it's gonna there are gonna be a lot of like banger top lane matchups, I think, over the course of worlds. Um and so yeah, I mean, I think this is gonna be really compelling. Um it, it I, I do get a little bit worried about KT from their summer playoff performance, as as I I've heard from like people who are close to the team, there there were some nerves involved in the LCK playoffs, and they really just didn't do the things like the very obvious things that they could should do in terms of attacking Faker's champion pool, and okay, as as you say, like Billy Billy is a team that kind of likes to clump up and brawl and and get a little bit dirty, especially around the bottom side of the map and dragons and KT at their best is really about vision control and creating picks. And so you know there there might be just to prep you guys for kt like kt is going to be good in this meta there are going to be some pocket picks i do think that zoe is in a playable state right now which is obviously Ooh, huge okay. is That's huge sick for BDD, yeah. for bdd uh bdd has started as of the end of summer actually playing jace for the first time in competitive play which is very important because the jace Maokai combo that was really heavily favored by lpl teams is still going to be extremely extremely strong uh within this meta so not being able to play jace is is pretty flawed but BDD had some had some good games. Um Keane's versatility will obviously be huge. Uh it wouldn't surprise me I think for Keane to you know, I could easily see Keane playing some Adam champs in the right matchups. He's already okay. been He's already been doing things like you know playing um you know uh counters like kind of strange uh counter picks to to champions within the top lane over the course of summer um so like he he basically pioneered like the quin into the Renekton, um and kt really knows how to play very well around that so if if we get a relaxed kt then i think this is is certainly winnable probably the edge just given kt's summer performance and the stakes over to blg but it seems like a really true 50-50
0: The other thing I'd say as well is this is also one of those rare matchups where all three of the carry players for both teams are really good players. Like there's no like on paper obvious weakness of the lanes. So like I also just think like it's why I think it's so brutal that one of these teams has to start the tournament 0-1 Monty. Because in this case, they haven't done anything wrong. They just had to play another really good team in the world, like another top six team in the world out out the gate. So the joke is you could even play an awesome match to start the tournament 0-1 and have done nothing. And really wrong. Yeah, exactly. So, by the way, all I'll say is this: fucking may may, may the Lord fucking save your soul. Whoever plays the zero one team out of this match, because that is you're, you're in for the worst match ever. Like you start the tournament zero one anyway, and then you have to play the loser of this match. So, <laughs> just may may the Lord keep you and hold you.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: What else? What else is interesting for you? I mean, obvious one: if you're a Western fan, is at least G two damn one might have a chance. There's some potential there, right? I,
1: I think I actually think G G2... two can win this. Um, You're going to make him a favorite though? I I think I am as crazy as that sounds. I think, I think I am. Um, Look, I think G2 is very strong coming into this and people really over us estimate D plus like they never really got their shit together over the course of LCK. The the name value is just too high. People people look at the actual skill level. People look at the name value and they think that this is a good team. Now, yeah. I think maybe a team that had more of a deficit in the bot lane might do worse against D-plus because deft is the the true carry of, of this team. Um, showmaker just, I mean, he hasn't been himself this year. He got better in summer playoffs. He did look better. But this isn't the showmaker that people are used to seeing at his peak. And Canyon has looked downright awful on tank junglers sometimes, and then godlike on Talia and Nico in the jungle. Um Kana gets resources, but then you he doesn't really do anything with them, and he doesn't carry the game. And the mid and late game shot calling of this team is fucking terrible. Like they are a very bad macro team in the late game. So they are certainly not unbeatable by g two. And given that G2 really just seems on the upswing and you have this bot lane of of Mickey X and Han Sama, and we know both of these guys can hang hang with world-class players, right? Is Caps worse than kind of a, you know, scuffed showmaker these days? Maybe Canyon, you know, you'd say Canyon probably has an advantage over Yike, but Yike really diversified his champion pool. He basically only played tanks in the LEC season finals. So, and then we know we can always go back to some of these other champions. So, I mean, I, and then you look at Broken Blade, like, is Broken Blade going to get clapped by Kana? Broken Blade's last international performance at MSI was really quite good. So, I don't know. I also look at G2 just as being super dangerous and best of ones because their level ones are excellent. And they're just going to, they're going to have strats, man. They're going to have weird yeah, they're going to have Some weird, I, I can, I guarantee, it's in my hope at least, that they
0: do bring some of those like weirder draft elements to the top. Because I actually think that can be a massive boon in this Swiss system. Like I said, Monty, that's another thing about the whole angle of like, you don't know your opponent, that like, you're going to play until like the next day. Like that would be perfect to bring in some of these weird support picks. And like, think about how many different sort of like weird angles they've had from the jungle support picks, some of the top playing picks. They, they have a way more sort of like pocket picks, I feel like, than people would ever expect a Western team to have.
1: Yeah, and they they have counter picks like we've seen that support Lissandra that's been really effective. I'm sure they're yep. cooking up some other shit. Caps always has weird shit. <laughs> that's what that's why they're dangerous and best of ones man. And we know from talking to Dylan Falco in that last preview episode of Summoning Insight that this is a team that is very confident in their ability to debut new picks and also very. I mean, Dylan was very critical of other teams not being willing to experiment and pull things out of the meta that are counters. And he's, I think, absolutely right. They are one of the best teams in the world at, at identifying interesting counters. Um, and they're one of the best teams in the world at game planning level ones. So this should be pretty good. I would think this should be pretty good.
0: And then obviously if you're a Western fan, the immediate jump out is the cloud nine mad lions one. I mean, both teams, in theory, can believe this is a very viable chance to win the first game, to get in a good position to start your hope, your quest towards the playoffs. This is an interesting one for me, Monty, because both teams, in theory, on paper, look really good, but are super scoffed at this moment in time. Like Mad Lions, mega unconvincing over the last few months. Cloud Nine actually just fell off a cliff, and if anything, it's just the fact that LCS is so fucking diet and running so many budget rosters that, like, even their freefall couldn't take the past second place, mate. Like that's how bad. So I actually think this is a fucking nightmare matchup. Like I know on paper, it means a Western team gets to go one zero, but are either of these teams good? I don't really know. Like they have the potential to be, here's the thing. This is like our Western version of what we just talked about with Dan one Monty. Like on paper, the pieces are there. You could do something. You could get it together, but I need to see something different from what I saw in the summer is how I would summarize this matchup.
1: Yeah. Yeah, look, so, I mean... Maybe you're
0: even favor in this one. I, I think it's a tough one to call, mate.
1: I think it's a tough one to call, but this is a first. This is an excellent time to talk about Esports Bet, <laughs> actually. <Okay. laughs> um, they're back, Esports Bet, back sponsoring us for Worlds. Thanks a lot for, for doing that once again. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is that uh, G2 actually has 2.5 odds right now over on Esports Bet in this matchup, which, like... If you think this is a 50-50, that's pretty crazy. Uh, against that, that one he's talking about, yes. Yeah, against against D+. Like, D+, only has 1.5, which I, I don't know why you would ever, like, pick them in this situation, just because I, I think this could easily be a G2 win. Uh, G2 could also just get raffle stomped. Like, you, <laughs> you never know with those guys. Um, but I would say, like, you know, putting, putting something down on G2 is probably pretty good. So uh, we'll put 50 USDT. We always say go easy in the first round of an international competition or the start of a season cuz you just never it's a brand new patch you never know which teams are going to be like on the beta or take some time to adapt you never know what those teams forms are going to be coming into worlds so you know don't go don't go nuts don't go nuts um on that but yeah thanks to thanks to eSportsbet again you can still get their 50% deposit bonus up to $100 USDT using our referral code that's on your screen right now or you can click uh, the link below if you are in fact on the vod um, so if you haven't signed up yet you can play along for free too if you sign up with eSports coin and we've got some new promotions our match of the week which we'll talk about briefly or in a in a couple seconds is going to be Uh, Mad Lions versus Cloud9, because that's another really close one. Um, But if you guys tune into Competitive Edge, because we're bringing that back to discuss matchups as well um, over on the Esports Bet YouTube, if you comment on that Competitive Edge that's going to be coming out, uh, you can enter into a raffle. To win 20 USDT, and that will be doubled if you bet at least ten dollars on our match of the week. So they're going to be giving out a bunch of these prizes. You can enter for free just by leaving the YouTube comment with your uh, your username for esports bet, uh, or if you bet on that match of the week, Cloud9 versus uh, Mad Lions, it'll they'll double it for you if you get it correct and you win the raffle. So there you go. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, they'll also be having a bunch of raffles in their discord they have a giveaways channel and you just click the button to enter the raffle so if you're over on their discord um they're giving out five hundred dollars uh raffle prizes so get something for free and uh yeah you have any you have any flyers you want to take raffle, you want to
0: raffle prizes raffle stomps we're here at worlds <laughs> with esports back. There we go. <laughs> right um you have any um, i mean the, the obvious two to do like you say is g2 down one and cloud nine mad lines because on that one like you can either you can pick either side they're both quite close matchups but you can also if you want just go with the underdog and try and take the big odds because i also think the same thing for cloud nine mad lions like mad lions look they haven't been great but
1: you look at their odds you look at their pieces.
0: why can't they win it's totally plausible <laughs> isn't it yeah totally plausible
1: to me yeah um do you think do you think that fudge is going to be the guy that bodies chasey in this event
0: I think he's going to expose it this tournament, mate. I actually think a bunch of cloud nine, so it's not just him. Like, I think him... Essentially, the solo laners at Cloud9, they're in fucking trouble, mate. Because you look at the rest of this tournament, mate. I mean, even Mad Lions has better solo in than... Like, they're in a bad... They're in a fucking bad state of affairs. And the problem they have, I think, is this... It's actually going to be the same story for BDS, in my opinion. I know Crowney hasn't been playing well, but it wouldn't matter, mate. Like Crowney and Berserk, you're not going to get to play League of Legends at this tournament. Like you're just going to get your team's going to get stomped and you're never going to be in a position to be activated and win a team fight. Like I think these, these two players are going to have a very frustrating tournament, in my opinion.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Unless, like, I don't know, maybe Blava does some magic or something. If he if he goes ham, maybe something's possible. But the Cloud9 I saw play the whole summer, man live that looked rough.
1: Yeah, they were only especially good in well, like the
0: first, man. maybe like the first few weeks or somewhere or something. Like after that, there was always holes, and they were gotten bigger and bigger and bigger as the split went on. It was really sad.
1: I, I mean, especially S. Like I don't know if anybody. I, we were hopeful for Gory, but I'm not sure if anybody in NA, you know, outside of Jojo Pian, would have a respectable performance. The mid lane pool was incredibly weak in. LCS this year I don't know about you but I
0: even got the read personally that the whole reason he had that whole incident in solo queue was that was him sort of like acting out because it's going so badly in the team Like I just that was my sort of read on it he just was like that was like the straw that broke the cat he just got triggered over some minor shit it wasn't even that big a deal when he did guys like come on just (laughs) some stupid solo queue flame on Like the problem was that came when he already was essentially really unpopular because he didn't hit a load of fucking games and everyone was thinking (laughs) like he's fucking ruining the match for cloud nine so I think that's why everyone hated on him that was like that was essentially just an excuse for Cloud9 fans to like download their psychic fucking <laughs> hatred towards him for inting a bunch of games, but they pretended it was about some nonsense with playing in solo key or something. Like, who gives him monkeys about that? Who cares? Uh, no
1: one. Yeah, I think I think it was ridiculous that he what did he say? Like go back to Europe as if that's some exactly At all. I, I know. Come
0: on, man. Come
1: on. You know, it reminds me of uh I, I just can't I just can't handle that because of the uh, the Carlos video that we watched in our last uh, oh, yeah, the, eSports the Cringe. One, yeah, true. <laughs> in our last yeah. eSports Cringe compilation. Would you guys have Where's seen the, that? Monty. Check
0: that out as well. Oh, I've just realized that's really what everyone should do, because that's how you actually would checkmate Riot Monty. What you should do is this. Sadly, Jack probably even does buy into that bullshit. He made him do like the real apology. like I'm sorry for my behavior. What I would do is this, Monty, because that exists, that famous video, what I would do is I would pretend I was doing it for real, but I would just parody that video with everyone whoever does something naughty. I would make it almost the same, Monty. I would have them go like, except I, I would make it more ridiculous. Like, you know, when it showed, like, the Twitch chat, he was typing, like, you know, get cancer, get cancer. I would put it there and it's just them, like, you are not a good teammate and and, or, and my friendship with you is over. And then it'd be like, oh, so that due to my toxicity, you know, i do like the whole thing where it looked like a documentary of him, like, you know, fucking seeing the party line. Like, I would m- mock that because essentially, Riot believes that was real. They don't even think that was, like, cringe content. They actually thought that was, like, real. although I think it was actually machinima that made it, but even so, like the premise was so ridiculous. But that was like, you can't get a more ridiculous apology than that. So, like, that's what I would parody. I think I thought it was funny as fuck
1: because
0: <laughs> you almost it almost was like a comedy skit, wasn't it? You was oh, like, really? It's just real. And also, I'll just say this hasn't really aged that well, has it, Monty? They they actually like detoxified us a lot back in like 2014 or whatever. Spoiler. I don't think that works i think they i think i think the treatment he's incurable he's yet. incurable sorry incurable, Ocelot, incurable toxic
1: uh. this is
0: like you tried to cure him of toxicity using like we'll say like homeopathy 10 years ago and now he's actually blanker from street fighter like the toxicity's warped him and there's some like violently aggressive creature that's can't be stopped at this point time. so
1: there just you go dr- driving his Ferraris around Dubai <laughs> This is so ridiculous, man. What what timeline do we live in? This is where, though, I do
0: appreciate when people have good banter. You know, Taz from Virtus Pro in CS:GO, sure. he actually did say that because of this thing that happened in the Polish scene, where people think that he like ruined Virtus Pro or something. Apparently, it's not true, but he, uh, that's like the perception. Apparently, a lot of his like colleagues and peers got of him, and he says it's like they cancelled him from Polish Counter Strike. So he even jokingly said that it sucks, money because he's got cancelled in a way that no one knows about. It. He's just like nobody now. He says he'd rather be cancelled like Carlos, where you get to live in Dubai and have like Ferraris and that. <laughs> it's actually true. <laughs> 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 so like, ah, I know what you mean, man. I know what you mean. That is a better cancel to pick. It's the, you know, the you know, Lambo in Dubai cancellation. That's the one, one I picked from the package. Probably. It's better. It's, better. <laughs> it's too funny. Uh... But anyway, the, the real question is this, Monty. Even though one of these teams, C9 and Mad Lions, is going to get a win in the Swiss system because they play each other. The real problem is though, like, these aren't even the teams that can do anything with it, Monty. Like, if anything, I don't want this to be, like, you know, like, C9 against G2. I know it's probably not possible with the... You know what I mean? You need, like, a matchup where someone could do something with the onesie. You're like, who's going to actually do anything with this win? Isn't this win just going to be thrown into the middle of nowhere? Like, like you know what I said before? If you lose your first match, you're like, please, no BLG. Kitty, please don't no be LG Kitty. It's the other way around. If you win your first match, Monty, you're supposed to be going like, please see nine Mad Lions winner, please see that. Because this is like your dream if you're like an actual fucking Asian team to get one of these guys. This is what you want in your fucking stocking coming up the next
1: round, I think. Come on. <laughs> I mean I also I also just think like the the Gam Gen G match is gonna be very funny. I mean this is there's just some freebies. Like JDG and and Gen G just got some freebies in the in the first round. Oh by the way, here's the one downside of the play. Is could the
0: player have made Gav look any worse? And then Monty, if you're gonna put some team that in theory I'm supposed to believe is not in good form from VCS, I need a chat a team they have a chance to upset. Let's just get the best macro team in all of Korea. Like it's over, it's over. Like they're not gonna lane, they're not gonna team fight, it's over, like there's nothing they can do. The joke is really like as soon as they draft their first chat, are you ready? Someone should make a mock-up video like this just so it'd be more ridiculous. Like, I'm like, I'm like LS times a million as soon as they lock whatever their first champion is they lost draft already you guys that's it they lost draft they lost lane they lost the game already it's over I have zero hope for them in this match like I know in theory I'm supposed to say Monty especially as someone who's watched a lot of Swiss systems in CSGO I'm supposed to say the opposite it's B01 a random match could happen it could be a fluke you know anything no this uh, uh, even though it's B01 this should be a Gen G game all day long it's like the perfect opponent pretty much they can't lose mate (laughs) They can't.
1: This is a hundred percent win rate. Hundred. Yeah. Um I look, I'm of two minds about the VCS stuff. On one hand, I'm really happy About Vietnam doing well in play-ins, because this was a team, this was a region that was very much on the rise pre-COVID, and then obviously they didn't have any international opportunities to play because of lockdowns, and then they got booted off the Korean server, so they couldn't even play solo queue on there anymore, which is, by the way, just fucking ridiculous. Like, Riot Korea... You you are literally so incompetent that you can't just ban the people that are a problem. You you know. have to blanket ban Vietnam. Like what the fuck, man? Like let so the let players. The players are
0: the ones doing it. I know exactly. <laughs> <What> the, why <laughs> does some like player have to be banned because some dickhead one tricks there or some come on, man. Some match it,
1: fixer or it's, whatever? It's also know? it's also just ridiculous because as far as I know, Vietnam is the only country that's banned from the Korean server. Oh, it's just right. so stupidly okay. targeted. It's not like the Chinese players can't play on it. It's not like the Taiwanese players or the Japanese. These players can't play on the Korean server. No, it's just like, fuck you, Vietnam. Um, I mean, it's, it is nuts. Like, the, the fact that that is allowed is crazy to me. Just do your job and moderate high ELO on the server. How hard is it to just ban some individuals? You don't have to ban everybody. So they've overcome all of these obstacles in order to get to this point in time, which I think is very laudable. Now, should Gam be the one in Swiss? In my opinion, no. I thought Wales was a better team for most of the play-ins. The problem is, apparently, they just can't play against Gam for some reason. Uh, That matchup just causes them to run it down in ways they were not doing in the other games. I don't know what it is about them playing Gam, but they played entirely differently, and that was a bummer. Especially because of how good Artemis was, honestly. No, that season they had against
0: BDS, mate, was actually, that looked legit, actually, the Team Wales one. I wanted to see that team have a little crack at the proper ones, but yeah, and obviously, it's that classic thing where the inter... Technically intra intra regional matchups are always are just a bit squirrely aren't they? Either way around. Sometimes it goes the other way, Monty. You know, sometimes you get that one where it's like the number one team can beat everyone actually, but then they lose to the number two team domestically only. Sometimes that sometimes it goes well, the other way it, too, you know, right?
1: And a great example of this is when sooning made a world finals because of yes. like weird LPL versus LPL games. Like they should not have been yeah. in those finals. Like, come no, on. No. <laughs> is, teams played teams like get in their own heads or like play weird styles you know opt into to weird styles when you get into yes. some of these you know intra regional bouts uh and so we saw that but i did think that wales overall was the better team so i, I was it's right. the
0: funny thing though monty is obviously one matchup that on paper is supposed to be sided. is you have lng players fanatic right now, what's funny is people obviously because LNG from recency bias, and so, some people might have the second best team in the world. Like you can go, you can almost go as high as you want to get hyped on them. They looked really good at times. But the interesting thing for me in this matchup is it's not impossible. It's not impossible for that. be. It oh, it's a Bo one. It's a Bo one, mate. It's a Bo one. All I'm going to say is this: to be fair, if you had to match up players, this isn't terrible actually. Because think about it, right? Like. You look at the mid-laners. Look, obviously, Scout's a much better mid laner than Humanoid. But all I say is, they've actually played in the past, believe it or not. Do people forget when Scout was on EDG? That's true. That was a match that happened. Everyone's forgotten that one. Humanoid <laughs> had a good run that one. Then you've got Razork. Dude, if anyone could actually have a chance against on early, it's going to be someone like Razork. He's got fucking mechanics, mate. He actually. So look... They shouldn't win, but like it's not impossible. Like there's at least like at least I have a reason to like believe. No, you in the don't. First five All right. I gotta I gotta this do, is this is on.
1: a massive fucking copium, though. This is a massive fucking copium. Let me explain ah. <laughs> why this is fucking doomed. Let me explain why this is doomed. Okay. LNG is probably the best two V two lading phase team in the world with mid-jungle. Sure. Fnatic is fucking... Ter- Razork and Humanoid are like two magnets that repel each other. So I think mid-jungle is just going to get dumpstered from minute one of this game. Trimby is not going to be able to help. Gala is in really good form right now from the playoffs and coming into Worlds. Also, great Gala meta. And I'm not just talking about Kaisa. They can flex Ziggs into the bot lane and do very well with Gala as well. Gala is mega right now. Zika is coming off a massive LPL playoffs glow up versus dude with a broken hand who hasn't been practicing. That's true. They have Oscar in, it, don't they?
0: Yeah, true. true. <laughs> like Zika. Who this knows is, a real will play might, might be terrible. Who knows? Right? Yeah,
1: this yeah. isn't, we're not talking about Zika, for, you know, who was weak side, Mr. Stability, just kind of not lose lane and then come into team fights. He was just bossing people on Fiora. And, if we talk about why LNG didn't actually beat JDG in either of the best of fives they played, a lot of it is because their late game shot calling and team fighting is not as good as JDG's. Um, so that is a weakness. But I don't think Fnatic's ever going to get to that point. I, I don't. I don't see them not incurring some sort of tragic early game deficits that you know they're going to be on even footing or maybe even slightly behind to overcome LNG. And they certainly don't have the macro. Or the you know the snap engages that JDG had, which allowed them to do very well in that series. So I think, I think this is really doomed. Yeah,
0: but the point is, there's no other chances out there. Is there? There's only G two. So I have to give one that's like a vague chance. I like, think the is. Be cloud Dime. <laughs> Yeah, but that's like the Western The difference is at least it's like not impossible for that. Whereas like, for example, like BDS versus JDG is a waste of time. There's not even an angle on that one. You know what I mean? I can't even find an angle into that one. There's nothing to
1: do with that. All right, maybe this is my copium, but I think NRG has a better chance of beating Weibo than Fnatic does beating LNG. The problem with that one I have is this.
0: It's just the way that NRG wins. Like, NRG doesn't stop people is my problem with that one. You know what I mean? Like, to me, like, at least there's a world where Fnatic can have an early game. Like, that's why I gave them a chance there. (laughs) My problem with the NRG one is, like, surely Weibo can't ever get behind enough to lose this game. You know what I mean? Surely it can't ever happen. (laughs) And also, I'll just say this. I don't care what you saw at LCS, guys. He wasn't playing against Zhao Hu in the LCS, my friend. He wasn't. <laughs> he wasn't. He was playing against fucking like MNS, APA. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's levels to this shit. Remember, Zhao Hu's the kind of guy, fuck around, go top lane and win fucking MSI using Lucian, which at the time was a mid lane shot. Like, this guy's a fucking stud. Like, so I just don't believe it's plausible. You think there's like an upset chance? Like, you you are, a lot of this, you rely on Weibo in, in the game basically, right? Yes.
1: Okay. Yeah. It, so basically this isn't about NRG ceiling. It's about Weibo's floor. <laughs> Sure. The
0: other <laughs> problem I have as well is like, even though people might laugh at the shy, and be like, "Ha, ah, he can in the game." Yeah, maybe he can, but like, Jahu and Light are pretty fucking good carries. Mate. Like I mean, those ja are, great. Those are pretty solid players.
1: Like, even even if the shy ends, it might not matter. They might not be able to lose the game. I don't know. Yeah, it might not be. I'm I, I'm just saying the odds are. I'm not saying I think Energy is going to win. I just think the odds that Energy wins okay. are better than Fnatic winning. <laughs> okay. Take that for what it's worth. <laughs> Put a flyer on Energy. They have six point over six point odds right now. I think on uh, on esports bet. Um, so,
0: yeah. Because the problem is, remember, if it re- I made this point before, but no one else even fucking listens. So as usual, what everyone does is this, Monty. They see the first round of the matchups and they go, "Oh, the format seems fine." Here's the problem, and it's never been addressed, as far as I can tell, Monty. As far as I know, after the first round, it's just random group draws, right? It should be, yeah, uh, from what I understand. Right. So for real, that means guys, after this first round, you can literally just have like fucking what that, would the matchup. That's what be I see. Here? Like
1: G two versus K T is a matchup that could happen at the O one round. <laughs>
0: or or it can be G two against Mad Lions in the one sure. zero round. Yep. That's plausible. That can happen. That draw, yeah. if, if Mad Lions beats Cloud9, obviously, or, or Cloud9. Like, that, that's a real matchup. So, th- first of all, if you want some bullshit from the West, there's your angle to pull for. <laughs> hope GT wins, and then hope the bullshit fucking Western matchup happens. Yeah, and then, and then you, they're 2-0. the, on the other side, it's like BLG wins, and then plays JDG right next to that. Again, you know, like, oh, great, <laughs> now we have to lose to them in the onesie. Like, you can have that, too. Yep. So there's some mad squirrely ones right from the first match onwards, <laughs> right from the first one onwards. So it's going to get mental two
1: yeah, if, if G2 beats uh, D+, then they can face Mad or Cloud9 in the second round. And then they, they would end up being 2-0, most likely, at the end of two rounds of competition. And at that point in time, they basically, what, they have two or three, they have three best of threes that they would potentially play um, No, they'd have, if they lost their first best of three, then they'd go, they'd drop down into a best of one again. So they would have two best of threes and possibly more best of ones uh, in order to eventually make it out. It's a lot of chances. By the way, by the
0: way, by the way, here's what we haven't talked about so far, is this is where, very interestingly, everyone does believe in T1 again, Monty. Everyone believes in them. Because why isn't there a world, a world
1: where Team Liquid can beat them? (laughs)
0: to be a one, just to be
1: a one, mate. It's just to be a one. Here, here's the thing. APA is not going to win a game. And their Vick's bot lane. It's just, just been chilling, it's okay. It's <laughs> their good. bot lane is definitely not going to win a game. And even if you get hyped over Summit winning lane, put a one? he has Could no macro. He has no macro. His leads are meaningless because he can't use teleport to get to a fight. He can have all the gold, but there's no gold in the fight. The
0: problem is this, Monty. If you extrapolate from what you're saying, if Fnatic can't even vaguely beat LNG and Team Liquid is a million miles from T one, then these teams may as well just quit the tournament already. There's no one else to those aren't even the best teams in the world, mate. Like that's not even JDG. That's not even Gen G. Like, well, these teams gonna so essentially for you, Team Liquid may as well just quit the tournament already. Like the can't yes. possibly got out of the Swiss, right? Yes, they cannot.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just don't think they have yeah. they have the individual players. Like they have their mid and bot lane are extremely questionable, and their top laner might do okay in lane, but they can't train. Translate that into team fight wins. Here's how sad this is. I mean, Team Liquid might be the worst team in Swiss. When I explain this
0: detail now, you'll realize how far Team Liquid has fallen. You know, on paper, you literally, Monty, cannot on paper for a Western team get a better jungle support duo. Their jungle support duo has won Worlds, monster, <laughs> But no one gives a fuck because both players have degraded their names. So, Gachi is a meme. By the way, he's the reigning world champion right now. Call JJ used to be a monster. Everyone getting all those MVPs. No one cares anymore. So, the real problem is, like, Team Liquid has actually, like... The actual name value's even degraded, bro. Like, on paper, if I tell you I've got Summit, Piosik, and Core JJ, you're supposed to tell me, cool, cool, forget who the other two are. We're already in the- And no, it's- there's nothing. Because I'm with you. Like, basically, there's just the Summit hope. If Summit, like, carries a lane on, like, Renekton, maybe you can, like, get interested. But what else is
1: there after that? Yeah, that's the problem, right? Yeah, it's- I think it feels feels bad. It feels bad, for sure. <laughs> Uh just pray
0: for the APA, uh, the dream APA one-off. Yeah, maybe game. he'll get one like game of it Ziggs. On, maybe
1: somebody will be stupid and let him have it, and perhaps take the
0: like as well. Unironically, even though it would suck, that would actually be the best thing for Worlds, Monty. Like, even though, like you're saying it, would have to be some bullshit. Like he plays Ziggs, like not even some like interesting <laughs> outplay. But if he did that, like Westerners, uh, NA fans would just go like, "Oh my God, he's the chosen one, an American midlaner that's clapped faker." Oh, but like, yeah, like ten years later <laughs> on fucking uh, Ziggs, but okay, they would get high. I can tell, and all the they would just get right in. They were like, "Oh my god, this is insane! Yeah, this is excellent! Oh, I can't wait! I love Team Liquid mate.
1: <laughs> yep, uh, I I think I mean that covers most of the- most of the matchups. It's nearly all of them. Yeah. yeah, I I think it covers all the matchups basically. Unfortunately, there's not too much to discuss about the Swiss stage at this point in time because everything is, is still an unknown with the best teams in the world. And the teams that we have seen in terms of GAM and BDS just feel like they're not likely to do very much at this tournament. And people will argue against my, me saying that team liquid might be the worst team because maybe they think BDS or, or GAM are worse. I'm not sure that's true. <laughs> I, 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 I think we, we saw more of more out of Kati than we've seen out of A, APA. Um, i i feel I feel okay about gam compared to team Liquid. It's just team liquid is not a team that this year at least is built for international success a p a really wasn't great the longer that summer playoffs went on and l c s and his his champion pool got more exposed. And he, he wasn't even supposed to be in this position. He came in very late into the season. So it's not his fault. Oh, I think sure. it'll be good experience for some of these players. But Yun and APA are not the guys that are going to power this team to great success or even mild success. Like, I would be surprised if TL was not one of the first two teams eliminated from Swiss.
0: Oh, by the way, the one thing I will say is this. On the other side, though, because you're right, a lot of these are fairly straightforward. One thing I will say is this. On the T1 side, though, I actually do really hope, whether they do anything in the rest of the tournament or not, that T1 looks really good in Swiss. Like, T1 actually being, like, a viable team would make the tournament so exciting. Because at the moment, like I say even though I said there were six teams before, realistically, there's probably four teams I think can win worlds and T1 isn't one of them for me. So like if they actually can get so that like T- Zeus looks dangerous again, like fucking Faker's holding up, like owners having pop-off games. Now I'll be interested. I actually, essentially T1 need to, T1 and Weibo need to like win me over in this tournament. I, But I would love them to. I'd
1: love to actually believe it's G+2. possible. Because
0: obviously like, it <laughs> would be cool. I, don't, yeah. I just
1: don't think it's possible for them. But <laughs> it's all good. Um, yeah. I think T1, the hope with T1 is that because Faker, even though he was playing, quote unquote, on the Asian Games team, which I think he played against like kazakhstan or he's played against one of the central asian countries i even got the vibe they played him just so he could like get the oh yeah he got eligible yeah yeah, exactly yeah exactly whatever it was that's exactly what they did i I think they do this uh for what i understand from talking to people they do this like in soccer with korea as well which is like when they play the scuffed matches they they play worse players just so because they have to play some amount of time in order to get the gold medal, so that they get nice. military exemption. So Faker, you know, it was it was Chovy for the most part, and the hope is is that while you know Faker had some time to heal up and get his champion pool back in order, so he can play more than Nico and Azir come the time of Worlds. Now, is he going to be probably the Faker we saw from Spring? No, no, I think that's an unreasonable expectation based on his health right now. But if he is adequate and Zayus. And Gumiyushi and Karia have good performances, and Owner is at least better than he was towards the end of summer because he's had kind of an up and down year. But the good news, at least for Owner fans, is that Lee Sin is meta now, and he is a fucking insane Lee Sin. Um, oh, yeah. So there are, there are some really good opportunities, I think, for T1. The meta feels pretty good for them. Yeah, it can be a dark horse. If the, if the individual performance picks up, they can be a dark horse. Yeah. And it, horse. It, it's like what we said in that episode of Summoning Insight where we were shadow boxing how to beat JDG. One of the things that we said is that they have been very, I'm not going to use the word reliant because we don't know if that's true, but they have been very consistent about using three, six, nine on tank champions to enable their front to back team fighting style that they excel in. And this is, and I'm not saying three, six, nine can't play carries because we know he can, but the question is, can he play carries on this team and have their teamwork still function? Um, Because the tank pool in top lane right now is not great like it's a lot of bruisers it's a lot of fighters it's a lot of carries and is that going to fuck up the way JDG has been playing all year is the big question probably not but it's the only hope you really have I think. (laughs)
0: By the way, just as a, something to bring up to a, a thought to pass your way, when I did, like, an episode last week of uh, my Thorin's Big Brain series, where I actually did one about, like, all these, like, top LPL and LCKT, I was talking to Peter Don, right? And a point I made to him, I never thought of it this way before, though. It's like, dude, when you actually look purely individually, ignore what his team is doing right now, it's actually insane how good Deft is to this day oh, in 2023. Oh, he's crazy, dude. Like, it, it, when, remember, like... Faker plays now, but he's nowhere near the mid lane where he used to be. It's actually insane. Like if you take the name off Monty, Def's just one of the best ADCs in the was, whole world. He was in like year 10 or something mental. That's insane.
1: Uh, yeah, he's, he started playing on MVP blue in Or 11 or something. Yeah. Maybe more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I can't remember right off the top of his head, but he was playing in Faker's first season on MVP Blue because he got famously – he got clapped by LeBlanc in that game and they surrendered at 20 minutes. Um, And he was playing before that as well. So this is – I mean it is incredible. And also he was kind of robbed of recognition in my opinion at at, at the end of summer. He was leading in most major statistical categories for ADC. He was top like damage per minute. Um, he was, I think, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, I'm not looking right now, but he was kind of mid-tier in terms of gold economy, but he was he was dishing out the damage, um, both in an absolute sense and then his percentage of damage after 15 minutes. And so he was really the only hope a lot of the time for D+. And people didn't give him the credit they deserved because D-plus was really frustrating and everybody is just like laser focused on Canyon and Showmaker. Um, like everybody remembers those flashy Nico jungle games from Canyon because they were super interesting, but you didn't see the games that they were losing where Deft was the only one fucking doing anything on this team. Uh, And he, he kind of got robbed. I think he wasn't even in top three, all pro Um, honestly, there was probably a legitimate conversation for him to be an MVP of the league, considering how consistent he was um, on a mid tier roster. Right. So I, I mean, he's still great. He's still great. Andy, he, he can Jimmy's play Zigs. He can possible. play Zigs too, which is another power that this team has. You know, D plus. The more flex picks there are, and there are flex picks in this meta, especially now that Talia is back. D plus is going to be a very dangerous team on red side. Like, I would not want to play these guys on red side. It's too fucking crazy what they can do. Just hiding champs every which way. You never know where anything's going. What now? What do we do now? <laughs> <laughs> what uh, I, unfortunately you know uh with ins concluded we've covered that and the kind of opening matchups and it's it's difficult to go deeper right now so we do have viewer questions as always that we can uh we can go to um from the from the discord server Could we do a quick break then yeah before we do that though we have one final sponsor for you guys okay. hellofresh is back thank you to hellofresh I'm sad that I can't use this service in Korea any longer now that I'm here for a while, but I will definitely be uh, resubscribing once I get back to the States. It's also in like a ton of European countries and Canada and Australia, like all of Northern Europe, Scandinavia, um, UK as well. So if you guys are, are thinking about signing up, there's there's actually just a ton of options uh, internationally. They're actually based in Berlin, which I did not know, um, but really good stuff. Um Like, it's just, it's really easy to use this meal kit service because if everything is you know, super crazy and you don't have time to go shopping. It's just in your fridge because it's sent to you on ice. You have all of the ingredients right there. It's cheaper than takeout a lot of the time. Plus you get to actually learn how to cook. They have very easy recipe cards. The only things you ever really need are like- keep the Cards as well. Keep the, don't throw the cards away because we
0: Reuse them. Exactly. Yeah, it, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah you, can, you can get the ingredients again. Yeah. Um, but they have over 40 recipes to choose from every week and they have like- Keto friendly stuff, vegetarian dietary options, right? All yeah, the dietary have, like, options, especially categorized. Yeah. you know, they have 20 minute lunches, which I really liked because if I was working, you know, I work from home, but if I'm working, oh, I right. could just like pop out, make myself something like quick and healthy, and get back okay. to working. So it's not, you know, there's a various different levels of how long it takes to cook. So there's like, there's always something to eat. Um, and the produce travels. From the farm to your door, so everything is ripe. It lasts for a good long time, too, in my experience. I can keep okay. it in the fridge oftentimes for up to a week, and it's totally still fresh uh, by the end of it, It's honestly different than the grocery store a lot of the time because they can like buy it in bulk. So everything is great. You have step-by-step pictures on the recipe card, really hard to mess it up. And it's just something to level up your cooking. So if you guys like that, go to HelloFresh.com slash 50LFN, 50LFN. For last free nation and use code fifty LFN for fifty percent off plus free shipping. So America's number one meal kit, also worldwide, basically anywhere English speakers are. It seems like it is. So thank you very I can much, tell much. What's going to happen is. Um,
0: What's going to have to happen in the future
1: is we're going to have to hook up with them on
0: the marketing because I feel like there's an obvious angle we could go with here where you could make like the same meal kits, Monty, but you make it gamer-themed. Oh, of course. So when someone hasn't got much time, there's like the early game, right, when they have to have a really quick meal. And what's the most obvious one to have if you haven't got any time to prepare anything? Cheese. It's just cheese, isn't it, guys? So there's cheese if you want a quick snack. And then if you want like, you know, like a 20-minute meal, like Monty says, but you haven't got ages, that's a skirmish. Just skirmish there on that one and then if you want like the full proper cooked you know roast that's the late game isn't it yeah, the, the scaling game. late game the, the ls special obviously <laughs> you yeah. know they,
1: they actually did have some like guardians of the galaxy like crossover oh, right. okay. special okay. theme meal so they okay. do fun stuff too uh, okay yeah i, I, I know, really enjoyed all right guys okay. um i am going to reboot the stream real quick so stick around and we will be back momentarily with viewer questions
0: Right, we're back for viewer questions. If you want to know how you can ask a question, it's actually a perk for supporting us. So what you do is you go and subscribe to our Discord, which is the Last Free Nation Discord, and people who subscribe, as a channel, you can submit questions. Obviously, on a couple of the past episodes, like the World's Preview one, there were just enormous episodes, so there was no time to put viewer questions in. So actually, we can get a whole bunch done now. This obviously it's a perfect opportunity to get a lot done and in theory by the way right? normally I would say make it about esports but actually nowadays we do so many different shows that like if anything if it's a non esports question don't worry about it just ask I mean, we'll it. People actually like people
1: comment on the non esports question all the time so yeah. they, they like listening so to the answers. We do so
0: anyway. many shows now we we'll talk about everything else so go for it just go for it.
1: Alright I'm looking at my phone guys because uh, I, have, I have to record off of Discord because I'm producing this one so if you see me looking down that's what's going on uh, what's the most infuriating/slash heartbreaking sports call either of you have witnessed?
0: Wait a minute. When he says "call," he means like from the caster, like doing a bad no, call. No, no, no.
1: I think like a ref call.
0: Oh, oh, like a ruling of a referee. Yeah. Holy shit! Because here's the <laughs> problem. I'll tell you right now. Like, um there are a million NFL ones. I mean, that Saints no PI one was ridiculous. I was was thinking about that. The Saints Rams (laughs) one. That's one of the most degrees I've ever seen because it literally decided who went to the fucking Super Super Bowl. Like, that was crazy to me because it's one of those ones as well where it's like... Mate, it's so egregious. It's so egregious how the guy was just all over his back. It was mental, that one, wasn't it? Like, that's one of the most craziest ones I've ever seen. I have to see. Even though, by the way, I wasn't a fan of either team. Like, it just was so fucked up, wasn't it? Like, the, the cost of the game.
1: I just don't understand why. I, like, I don't want to get down into, a, like, a ref rabbit hole about the NFL because it's obviously, like, really terrible. Um, But why can't they just institute the fucking Sky Judge? It's 2023. There are a million 4K cameras all over the field. Why are we relying on dudes who are like at ground level having their view blocked when we have mobile cameras over the entire stadium pointing at everything? Shouldn't there just be a guy in the booth who can just give a final call? Seems like something they should have at this point in time. It's not 1967 anymore.
0: Do you know what? I've just realized, though, Monty, you have set me up there, though, because, wait a minute, what am I even doing? Why am I wasting my time in the weeds talking about hand-egg games? The answer's obvious, Monty. I don't know if you're aware of this, but in 1986, oh, Maradona. England lost a game because a motherfucker punched a ball into the goal, and then everyone like just went, this is fine. Yeah, it's fine by me. The Maradona ton play is ridiculous. No, it is. When you even watch it, it's so shady that like it goes up like, <laughs> like, get the fuck out of this game so that has to be the pick obviously doesn't yeah that is the Goes worst one i agree
1: him. i mean that's one that i can't believe wasn't even seen by the refs on the field because oh, he was literally later. on a breakaway by himself Every, there's no nobody blocking him everybody's just looking at this guy and he just fists a ball into the goal now nah. <laughs> And then he has the audacity to brag about it later, which is even the crazier The problem
0: with that one is this, Monty. I, look, I'll just, I won't make it a big thing, but what I'll just say is this. The real issue with that is, obviously, that is after that whole Falcons war between Argentina and England. So unfortunately, there was sort of a sentiment of like, you know, we're getting our own back by winning the game. <laughs> even though to me, it's like, so because you cheated in a football match, that makes a war not happen. You're, you're reaching. They're just, they're just bad losers. It. You're just reaching this point in time, aren't you? You know what I mean? Come on. It's not like because England lost the revolutionary war. We're not like going and fucking playing American sports just cheating. Like what? Like what is that shit? So anyway, whatever. That, there we go. I'm not over that. No one's over that one. So there we go. That's my answer though. The Maradona handball. Not the hand of God, the handball. <laughs> also, mate, that's the other thing. You don't only cheat. You don't have the audacity to bring God into this and imply God wanted you to just call that goal like. How
1: very dead, I'm <laughs> <you. laughs> Not sure which one it was. Uh, what two? What's okay. your favorite villain background story? Ooh, I mean, I am a big fan of Magneto, so I think because here's the good. thing
0: with the Magneto one. It's hard to argue against, isn't it? Like, I've always said this. No, his if motives you, are, look, you
1: like his motives. Like, his. you can resonate you, with them, you know?
0: If you tell Magneto's story well, everyone should be able to relate to that background. Oh, yeah. Like, the idea of, like, of course you would, like, have a, a like a xenophobia because you'd hate a, another type of people and be feeling alienated, or you could never trust them. It's yeah. actually, a, it's just a really good story. And the, the reason it works is this, Monty, it actually highlights to me how good writing works. Because as I just said, if you had gone through those things, you can relate. To him, but because you haven't, he still seems villainous. Like, of course, as someone who didn't go through that much, of course you don't want like innocent people killed or uh, segregated or whatever the fuck.
1: You know, so like, I think that's actually one. I think it's just one of the best like setups ever for a villain, in my opinion. I don't really even think Magneto is a villain. He's more of an anti-hero because. Right, no, so he, he is willing to kill people and, like, wipe like, out all humans and stuff, in it. So I, I, that's pretty villainous, you know. I'd just put
0: that up there. Anyone who's willing to genocide on humanity, I'd probably go ahead and say, I'd put him on the villain in the spectrum personally. you enough, know. I've seen enough. where my politics are at nowadays for fans, but still on that side. It's, it's all safe, still. It's all good, boys. I've got that fire.
1: That's right. Other people might be allying with uh, certain regimes, but uh, not there us. You go. No,
0: oh, yeah. definitely not.
1: <laughs> By the way, without going into it, that
0: situation keeps coming this close, Monty, to get really interested in how those people, let's just say, are aligned with Saudi Arabia right now. Not really, if you look at the current situation, maybe who you want to be aligned But the problem with that one is, this is also where I've realised, actually, this is where I know we've sort of grown up a bit, is even though it would be easy to donk on people for that, in doing so, you'd have to actually be a bit of a dick about the world situation. So it just doesn't feel worth it on that, yeah, does it? Yeah, it's yeah. like, whatever, yeah. just let it go on that one. Just let it go. <laughs> believe it or not, there are some things you know, clout isn't worth, Monty, believe it or not. <laughs> who need after all that it's not actually the most invaluable (laughs) substance in the universe
1: it just depends on how old you are if you're 23 then clout might in fact be the most valuable source of power that you have um i don't know i'll I'll have to think about that villain one anymore that magneto's a magneto's a good one it must be a good one for you though it's mostly some literary one that you appreciate
0: like what's some villain that you actually thought i was like like you the setup is good i think we go with for this
1: so i you know i think a lot of the issue is that it's not really a background story, but like Ahab is obviously a classic for me. Sure. Um, but on, like the why, why I was hesitant to say that is because most of Ahab just happens in Moby Dick. It's not really a background story. Like his background story is like, he's mad at the whale and his leg gets bitten off. All the interesting shit actually just happens in the book, not before the book starts. Uh, you know what I mean? So I don't know. I don't know. Ahab's, ahab is one of my favorite villains though we'll, we'll stop there i was watching an old video Thorne's thoughts reginald steps in and noticed Thorne wearing a cool korean themed t-shirt with the o in korean being a biohazard symbol do you have this oh shirt? i know
0: what he means it's okay. it was where i had that shirt of the korean zombie you remember the ah, guy who just retired yeah, recently, yeah, 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 that yeah famous um guy was like a yeah, he has, co- he has a
1: yeah he has an mma gym in uh in seoul uh, now, but
0: just I had like a, a I had like one of his like shirts. I, I actually, mm. the joke is I actually I know did that, buy sir. it like ten years ago and come to korea is How long the guy kept fighting? Because if people don't know monty he actually did come and he used to be a contender. Then he went and did the military service and then came back after and just had like another run in the UFC. So sadly, he actually probably would have had a better career if he hadn't had to do the military service. But whatever, it's all good. Yeah, it was that shirt. If people are talking about, it. so sadly, you probably can't buy it. It was like I bought it over ten years ago, I believe.
1: So the question is, I was wondering if Thorn was planning on resurrecting the shirt for this year's World. Seeing as it is in Korea, and with Eminem being treated like toxic waste,
0: <laughs> not bad. I will uh, say, by the way, if people don't know, that was one of the other things that also showed me how Koreans really are—just all about Korea. Because you remember Monty, when I would wear that T-shirt, there would sometimes be people would come up to me and just be like, What, what is this T-shirt?" Like in Korean, to people, like because they were just shocked that a foreigner would have like a T-shirt with Korean writing on it. So, and and then the odd one might even actually recognize the person. Was like, "Wow, you know this fighter?" Like, what? Because what what what's what's really interesting. about about Koreans if people don't know it's. They're interested in the outside world, but only to like, they want, they want to view themselves through your eyes. So it's like, they are interested in the outside world, but to view Korea. Cause it all, what's funny is I used to think this was weird before Monty. Now I get, it's actually sort of cool. It's kind of quaint. They're just super into their, their, their people, their country, which actually I've now learned to be fair. is sort of what every country should be like. It's it's the best approach, isn't it? It means everyone celebrates everything good. So even though it seems weird, like I sort of get it now. I
1: actually do sort of get it. Yeah. Um, anyway, another question was how much more impactful would low coaching be if it worked like Halo and other esports, where the coaches behind the team and comms the whole time. Look, we tried this in Counter-Strike. It, it, it would look, you, uh, you don't want this to happen. It would be, literally be like a puppet master. God, we tried this in league of legends, by the way, you can literally go back and watch the MLG summer arena from 2012, where they did this in league of legends. It was in one of the very early MLG tournaments. And I worked that event, and I just don't think it's great. Like, yeah, you might get better macro, but it just turns into, you know, one player, like, macroing five players, and it's just weird. It's just—and it takes agency away from the players—
0: Here's the problem, Monty. I actually think in Counter-Strike, it's a really good balance. I think it works. It's actually better. It's like having, a, like almost like the coach when he calls down and then the player right. back, you have the clock. For that, right. that actually, I even think, that's why I've always said the solution in Counter-Strike, is just making it freeze time so they can talk. Yeah. It'll that that we'll just three. be like the NFL. There's obvious. Yeah. The problem in league, like you're saying is, since a league game is one entity, it is a match that starts at the beginning and ends at the end, but there isn't any distinct way of dividing it up. It's why you can't have timeouts in league. Notice they never ask that, Monty. They never say, why not timeouts? Because the same concept, the timeout would ruin the whole premise of those five players figuring out, based on that game state, what to do. If you could just pause, essentially, Monty, and go to your coach, what do I do now? And he just looks at a screen and goes, right, you know, focus down there, oh, then it would, it, would, it would ruin the game. Like, unfortunately in league the the almost like the brilliance of league I would say the Asian teams typify this is that like the coaching has to all be before the game, the coach is all like I'm programming you with all my shit and tendencies and wisdom. and then when you do see it play out in the game, when teams then have amazing macro, then you really know they are the greatest teams of all time so I would say actually league especially needs the teams to be the ones figuring it out, I think if someone could talk and they are watching the whole map it would ruin it, I even think people don't appreciate Monty how just being able to come like, ganks would, like, cripple the game. Like, half of... You know that concept? It was actually the concept that Doper Apto, showed in SoloQ that Faker used. It was called, like, it's it's the notion that you only have so much attention bandwidth for yeah. when you're laning. Well, the point is you wouldn't have to have that bandwidth, would you? If I'm just mid-laning or Oriana, all I'd have to do is worry about my CS. Because I'd know you, the coach, tell me if the support's coming through the fucking bush. You'd tell me if, like, a, a Viego's coming in. I wouldn't need to ever put that part of my bandwidth on display, would I? <laughs> The, you know. the
1: other thing is that the coaches would keep perfect timers of summoner spells. Go. They'd exactly. sit there they with do a, a notebook. A 10, 10. By the they, way,
0: there's another reason. why. If you want people like Doinby or Matt back in there to be geniuses, you can't have the coach do it for them. Come on.
1: So you would, you would have them perfectly. Like, honestly, the coaches would. Here's, here's what they would actually do. They would take perfect timers of jungle camps. They would take perfect timers of summoner spells. They would the good ones would probably take perfect timers of ultimates. And you'd so we
0: track the enemy jungler. You
1: do yes, it all. You track the yeah. enemy jungler a thousand percent. Everything. You know, based on the number of camps that they have done and common yep. jungle patterns. You it, can see all the farm. Everything. It'd be a dream. Yeah. So I I just think uh, yeah I, yeah and also there's there's like you'd have to isolate the coaches in a room with just like a a, like just i don't even know how you do it like they'd stand behind the players if you put them anywhere they could see the whole map right so they couldn't yep you know so how what perspective would they do would they have to like dodge around behind all of their okay. players like individually looking i agree with counter-strike about the freeze time though because one thing that would allow is it would allow uh the coach to use a playbook to call plays like yes. an nfl offense which yes. would actually be really cool
0: um, that's why that was always my suggestion. I used the, I tried to do a riot. I just said, like the NFL, just have it so the play clock cuts off. But that's yeah, when yeah. freeze time ends. In CS. No, it totally makes it's sense. the same concept, wouldn't it? Yeah, it yeah. Totally makes sense. But like I say, unfortunately, I've tried thinking it through in league. There's no compromise I can eat. Like I said, even a timeout would ruin it. It would just be a mini version of what we're talking about, Monty. If I could just pause before a big team fight, like that would ruin it if the coach could just tell me, like now watch out, guys, you're not paying attention to the top lane wave. Like that, that will ruin the game because, like I say, the real thing that shows me in league it would be even better is, like we've actually discussed in this discussion, notice how all the things we just listed, eventually there are genius players. Like, Doynby did keep timers the whole time he was playing mid lane and farming. People like G2 were amazing at knowing when behind in a mid-game skirmish scenario what fight could actually get you don't in 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 giving everyone else the tool to do that easier. We would actually punish the team that can do that now. Essentially, so I actually just think, even though I know why people think they want it, you don't really. I think it would make league worse. It would make it more of like, a, and also, like, quite frankly, it would make it a little bit more obvious what would happen in the game. You know, like I don't want. I actually like the fact there's actually. Quite a big, like, um, sort of like range of options as to how people can fuck up, even in the game. I don't like the idea your coach would always keep you on your protocols and he'd never fuck up. And I, get, and by the way, the real nightmare is, like I say, that they're really just calling stuff like every gank coming in on you, yeah, yeah. At, like telling you constantly, like, and watch out for this. Like, you remember we still got flash ups, so you now you never go for that one v one player that ends up in the other guy getting a kill. Like, people don't realize it would actually remove. Essentially, this is the best way to phrase it, guys. So much of what you actually find exciting about league is mistakes and people making the wrong decision it is you actually don't want <laughs> yeah, despite what ls has taught you you don't want two robots playing the game perfectly that would be like that classic game i always say that monty's favorite game like Jin air versus whoever it was in like 2015 where there's like one fight in the whole game and uh, you know a fucking pick comp plays against the fucking whatever another co- perfectly and never ever has a fight like i don't want to see that game i i saw it once it wasn't good it wasn't good <laughs>
1: Uh, I know that people have been hyping more international NA versus LEC matches, but given the disappointing result of GG versus BDS four seed match, also, I mean, it was disappointing. The EG versus um,
0: not Lions bad one. Lions
1: one was garbage too. Another um, shit one too. Yeah. Um, would it be more hype instead if it was LEC fourth seed versus winner of EMEA Masters? All right, calm down, European guy. Don't you remember EG putting bad lines in the dumpster like six months ago? Like, what the fuck? No, 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 EU, no. you've gone too far. You've gone too far, Europeans.
0: Basically, Monty, the winner of EU Masters should get a world spot in the main event. So. <laughs> get
1: out. Instead of LCS, <laughs> I think at this point, I'm more interested in seeing how a top ERL team would perform against LEC teams than NA. Dude, you literally watched fucking EG clap an EU an LEC team. Come on, what? What, what is this? This isn't like... This just happened. And also, I'll throw
0: this in there as well. The reason why it's a bit harsh, even for joking reasons to do that, is this is the season when LCS has collapsed economically and half the teams are running budget rosters. I mean, the joke is bloody NRG's here. Have you looked at fucking NRG's roster? Remember, this is a world where that roster's supposed to... Like, a, a top four Worlds team supposed to be, like, back in the day, was, like, all fucking mega European imports and, like, one of the best Koreans. In the world. Like, this team has nothing. So, like, you're, you're also picking the worst year Ever to like dunk on the LCS guys. Come on, they're at their worst, aren't they? Come on.
1: Also, just as a point, we're we're talking about the fourth seed from Western regions. Fourth seed. These teams are highly variable. There are gonna be some years where the fourth seed from LEC is better, and some years where the fourth seed from oh. LCS is better. It's not like the I mean, to be fair, I do think G2 would dunk on all the seeds from NNA, but um, you know, for the most part. I, I don't think we would have seen a similar performance to Golden Guardians from NRG versus BDS, right? Like, I don't think that's it, fair. the real problem. Is uh, he sort of has nailed it? The real
0: issue is this we didn't really just want any match of Western teams. We, like you said, what we want is when there's a really good LCS team and a really good LEC team, we want to see them play. Yeah. If like, like when Cloud9 was really good, we wanted to see them play G2 in a best of five. That's what we want to see. The problem really is we still haven't found a format that gets to that, although it was possible at MSI, the bracket didn't happen the way you needed it right. to, you know.
1: And and you know, the counterpoint to this too is that, you know, EG was the number two seed, right? They were the number two yep. seed from NA and Mad Lines was the number two seed from EU and they got destroyed, right? Am I going crazy? Well, the, EG was What's... the number two seed or what tournament are we talking about? What, during the no, Golden Guardians was MSI. or something. Golden Guardians. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Talking. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Golden Guardians. Yeah. Sorry. My bad. <laughs> it's all good. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, we, we've seen these matches recently and it, you know. It's also just a
0: bad period. Let's be real. It's also, if if I'm doing that with LCS, I'll do the same thing for the whole world. Right now, Western League of Legends is in a pretty bad spot. Like, even G2 doesn't carry it that much. And simultaneous to Western League of Legends looking crap, Monty. I don't think Asia has made it. Here's the thing. In terms of, like, number one teams, you can have a stronger Korean team could be number one. But in terms of, like, overall level of teams, I don't think LCK and LPL have ever, on aggregate, been this, this might be the biggest gap ever, in my opinion. I think the gap's the craziest it's ever been right now. Between the total region, it's not like just oh, the best. Yeah. The total read, like the difference between the top end of LPL and like even the best of like L- LCS is a joke right now, which yeah, actually it's outrageous true. how bad it is, you know.
1: <laughs> up until NRG again fucks us up by beating... Being the underdog yeah, ima- and winning again game.
0: Imagine <laughs> if they get to like the fifth, you know, the lowest like, to of Imagine, game Weibo, someone, like, imagine that. Imagine that. What a world. What a world.
1: Upon seeing Thorin's $1 million sack of money at the esports museum, E.T. was disappointed in humanity's pursuit of the bag rather than greatness. He entrusts you oh, both yeah. with his time machine and tasks you to set esports back on the right path, quelling corruption and promoting higher values. You can propose other ideas, but as part of your task, you must kill off one bag actor. No, we're not killing anybody for esports guys that's not cool uh disband one esports organization can be any. in any well, this
0: kill we'll just banish we'll <laughs> exile a yes, bad actor, we'll ostracize there them you go. <laughs> there you go. We'll metaphorically
1: <laughs> i mean some of riot's leadership would definitely be game for that one i think if you i think if you banished a bunch of the riot leadership in esports you would probably end up with some much better Esports in the end. What were the categories, though? We've got to exile someone, and what else? Disband one esports organization. Ban one funding source. And brainwash fans into cons- consistently performing one act. Oh, that one's easy. You, it's just pay-per-view. Like, yes, if, if you can buy the last one is the easiest of all. Yeah, that, that by so the way, it. we
0: won't even make that one crazy. It, you just pay five dollars. That's yeah, it. Each much. person pays five dollars a month. That I, I don't think people get because Richard made this point as well, by the way, on all his Saudi shit. He always makes this point that when you see how dark all the Saudi shit gets, remember at the end of it all, we never needed any of this. We just all had to pay five dollars. If we all paid five dollars, <laughs> none of this stuff so ever sad. happens. We never need them. There's never any of these. Simple, we don't even have to have these. We don't have to twist I mean, ourselves in
1: a pretzel knots metaphorically. No, we're just it's all cool. If we just I say this. No. All the time in 2010, I was paying $20 a month to watch GSL, and I was happy to pay it because I knew it went to supporting GSL. And because I thought the deal was great, because they were giving me like 80 hours of streamed content a month, and it was most of what I was watching. This was like in a you know kind of pre. Or just like Netflix had just started like streaming services and there wasn't a lot on there yet. So you still had to get the DVDs. And, you know, as far as value went, the fact that I get all this stuff streamed and I was supporting it, I thought it was a great deal for 20 bucks a month. And I never batted an eye at paying that. And that's why GSL was extremely profitable uh, back in the day. That's why OGN was very profitable even when it was free. They just put VODs and high quality behind the Twitch sub. Um, I, I've said this, but in 2013, I think they were making like a million dollars a year in subs. In 2013, they had like 25,000 subs, which is crazy when you think about it for 2013. So, th- I mean, that's the easy one. Like, in a perfect world, what would happen is that Valve, Riot, Ubisoft, uh, and uh, Activision Blizzard would all get together, create in a co-esports streaming platform for all of their competitions... Right. And the fighting tournaments as well. And what you do is you pay a monthly subscription to that. And then here's the other thing, guys, because they would be making so much money, you would get fucking cool premium content like documentaries. And then you split revenue based on watch hours. That's what you do. That is the that is now will these companies ever do that? No, but that is that would be an ideal solution for the fans where you pay 10 bucks a month for all all major esports effectively and then they compete with each other to get the biggest slice of the pie on viewer hours. So disband one esports organization. The thing about this is most of the esports organizations that truly were evil didn't last. No, no. Like here's what's funny. The sad thing, Monty, here is the fan
0: thinks we're gonna immediately go, just ban TSM. It's like, nah, that would they wouldn't even make the list, mate. Like TSM, let's be real. Before this last period where they fucked up all the money, they were actually doing a very good job. Like, look, whether I like it or not, they did bit like they built one of the strongest fan cultures ever in esports. They actually did I wouldn't say carry, but they were one of the major uh, orgs that brought the LCS into the era when it was viable and you could get buy-in for tens of millions. Like People like TSM, even though it's a funny joke answer, they wouldn't even make this list. If we're talking about disbanded org, we're actually probably talking about people like... Idiots like EG or some people like you're just wasting like an old org or people who just seem that they're incompetent or something. Or NIP. People don't know. NIP's had a million corrupt things. Astralis, <laughs> like the people who run it are dickheads. Like <laughs> I, I, even then they will not just to disband Astralis because they had all the great things in Counter-Strike, didn't they? So it's tough. That's why it's tough, Monty. Because remember, when we talk about an org, if I disband an org, for example, like can I disband an IP? Don't I like, lose what they did in CSGO, the 87 and 0? You know what I mean? Like the problem is I, to pick an org, you probably have to pick like one that was already ever scandalous, right? right? You can't really pick it, any of the famous ones.
1: It also says there's a caveat here that if you banish Reggie, TSM never exists, so you don't get, you can't like banish TSM because Reggie not existing oh, right. would banish TSM. So it's like logically okay. consistent if we if we banish somebody from. Sadly,
0: I don't think... Here's the thing. Let's do the banished one first because I actually wouldn't pick Reggie. Here's the sad thing. It's not sexy because no fucking fan knows who I'm referring. I actually would just for real ban Viat Magus.
1: Yes. If people don't 100%. know,
0: in League and fucking Valorant, every time I hear about this guy, like, me at the point at this point in time, it's a reference when people see it fight. This guy may will be Rolo Tomasi. Out of the LA Confidential. Because every fucking time a scene gets fucked up, esports-wise, a broadcast, the format, something... I, I just go and I ask the people, sort of like, you know, what did you see? Like a policeman trying to check this, see the crime. And all I'll say is, this motherfucker's fingerprints are all over every fucking one of these. Like, And the way I knew it was this one, he was the Valorant swap. Because when he went over to Valorant, the same thing started happening. The same, like, weird decisions in terms of talent and who can work and is the bit. And then the whole climate and then the tournament form. It's like the same fucking. This yep. guy, everywhere he That's goes, definitely he has the biggest touch, Monty. He has the biggest touch. And he goes, everything turns yeah it, the yeah.
1: fans don't know it but that is hundred oh. percent the correct decision
0: <laughs> this is what i'll give him props monty one thing he's done correctly is it's only people like me and you know him by name like he actually somehow has done all of this influence but he never his name no one knows no fan knows who this guy is he's like he is the power behind the fucking he's like in the shadows and he no one knows he's got like one of those fucking plague doctor masks on, like Ha-ha. and no one knows it's him just doing it all
1: yeah Um, Because by
0: the way, I point this out in the past. People think I'm joking. Think about the MSI format this year and how dope it was. Guys, we could have had 10 years of League of Legends like that the whole time. The whole time! So every one of those fucking awesome worlds that, like, got wasted in the quarter, and, like, every quarter matchup was shit or the wrong team. What We never was necessary the whole time. And, and the reason I know this is because I've been watching the fucking international and daughter the whole 10 years just going, please, please! And then I never get it, never get that format until now, like, 10 years in, and then for one tournament. So, I actually do think, for real, right, I actually, I've always had the opinion, mate, even though League of Legends in an objective sense, has been very successful as an esports game. I actually think they basically only like they didn't even put their foot to the floor, Monty. They put it like halfway down, is the worst part. And so, what people will never know is if they'd really put this to foot to the floor and gone all out on this motherfucker, it could have like dwarfed every esports game ever. I think it could have been the biggest, even if, even if as the game, no one would think it's better than like Counter Strike, as a scene, it could have been the greatest esports right. scene ever, in my opinion. So, I, it's not a minor thing.
1: For real, I would do this because I actually do think it could have had an enormous impact on esports. Yeah. I think the funding source and mechanism is pretty easy. It's just, please don't let Saudis authoritarian <laughs> government, I don't care about like the, the authoritarian oh, any government, okay. any of them, please like stop. Yes, <laughs> Can we can we just ban authoritarian governments? And by the way, Tencent is just an apparatus of the Chinese authoritarian government, uh, obviously, because they have to do everything that China says. So just no, no authoritarian money. That would be super cool. Um, I, you know, the organization what one ogre, is...
0: Which one are we banishing? Which org are we... Here's the funny thing. Now, the real problem, on the org, we're going to have to bite the bullet once because I've realized every org I'd want to kick has done things in the game. Like they've had good rosters, for example. You know what's fucked up? I'll, I'll tell you what I'm going to pick. And it's it's not going to work because like I say, it, there are in-game things that this will ruin that they did. I actually think I would actually pick FaZe Clan. And the reason why I'd pick FaZe Clan is this, month, For me, they are the original, they are the pioneer of that shitty old Zoomer, like stupid streaming fucking influencer culture of like, look, <laughs> hey, hey, pros, what's it? Like, they're, <laughs> they're the ones who started that rock, mate. Like for me, that's where it all began in like whatever, Cod or some well, shitty game ages ago. So here, the... Low-key, I saw it. Whereas like, here's the difference. When Optic did that, they at least did it. Well, like, it had like a cool flair yeah, to yeah, it Yeah, yeah, Optic's better. This was like the peon version of that, wasn't it? It just was so well, fucking... Here's, here's the other thing. Like,
1: it wouldn't really affect that many esports outside of Call of Duty and Counter-Strike. And Counter-Strike. But the thing about FaZe and Counter-Strike is I don't think the org was core to that success. I feel like if those players wanted to play together, they would have seen the same success on not FaZe, right?
0: Yeah, but the problem is, in a fucked up way, what also allowed them to have those super teams is that the affairs org are sort of morons. So I don't know if another org would make those lineups and pay oh, the ball you know 20 I for Oh, there's more though. <laughs> Maybe.
1: Maybe.
0: You are right, though. In theory, you don't have to have that org. Obviously, yeah. you could play for a different team. True.
1: Uh, I feel like what gets lost in all the hype surrounding JDG is the fact that if they win Worlds, Knight will be the first non-Korean mid laner to win Worlds in over 10 years. True. Uh, I've made many
0: times. That's why I don't think
1: people get it. It's not just the Grand Slam. When um, a Chinese
0: mid wins once, which has never happened. Yes, obviously we know season two. (laughs) Politics is a funny thing, isn't it? But ignoring that, like, I think the key thing for me is this. I want to see the impact that has on the LPL, bro. Because I I, that's the problem. At the moment, essentially, Monty, if you're Chinese, you should go like this. Hey, one day I could grow up and play with the best China, Korean players and win Worlds. No, you're supposed to go, one day we could just win Worlds. Me and you, Chinese guys, could get in there and win Worlds. So I think it'll be momentous. People, I agree, though. People are sleeping on that storyline so hard. By the way, there's another one. If I'm right, I'd have had a documentary made about that topic already. I'd be following him through Worlds and trying to see if he completes it, you know, because so, it'll be simultaneously a Chinese middle and the grand slam. Like it'll be a, a really in theory like the biggest moment in league of legends history, potentially.
1: Yeah. If your life depended on it and you had to guess, right. Would you guess yes or no? A team featuring zero Koreans will win worlds in the next five years or not.
0: Oh, cause obviously it could have happened already with RNG in 2018. Um, probably. I mean, surely there's going to be it probably does. Yeah. yeah. Especially, I mean, BLG could do obviously. Let me think. BLG doesn't have any Koreans. Yeah, yeah. BLG would be one. They yeah. could win Worlds.
1: Also, you would think, you know, potentially the, um, the soft salary cap of LCK might prevent some of the Korean teams from being as good in the future. It, maybe it won't. Maybe it won't. Uh, Korean players might just want to play in Korea. That has been a trend. We've seen lots of Korean players turn down more money to stay in Korea. Um, but you would think that perhaps some of those players will go... You know, who knows? Who knows what will happen?
0: No, um, it definitely can happen. Like, for example, another team, if people don't know earlier this year, EDG was very good earlier this year. I think it's mm-hmm. definitely possible that not, crucially, by the way, just say non-Korean. Don't say Chinese, because then if you're from <laughs> Hong Kong, if you, just make it non-Korean. That's all we need. No, it says, would you
1: a team featuring zero Koreans will win Worlds yeah, in the next there you five go. years. So yeah. I think, I, I think it will happen. Yes. I, I would give that 65% chance of happening. A fun hypothetical NBA fans pose is if Kevin Garnett and Tim Duncan switched places, how would their careers have turned out? If you could switch two players in league history to see how differently things would turn out, who would it be? Faker and Rookie. That's your choice. That'd be great. Oh, okay. I mean, the real question is if Faker had gone to China instead of Rookie at the end of 2014, Would rookie be would rookie have been snapped up by T one and would he be considered the greatest player of all time now? I think it's a really fair fair question. I think it's a really interesting one.
0: I mean, the reason why it's almost anyone and Faker, if people don't know, is because the key thing with the Faker one, Monty, is I mean, this is why actually it's a good analogy for Tim Duncan. If people don't know. Tim Duncan, a lot of people actually don't have him as the greatest ever, even though what people might say otherwise. The problem is he had an amazing org that continuously reimbursed, like, reopened his teams around him. Basically, they continued to build. Like, if people don't know, I think every season he played, there were like a fifty-win team in the NBA, so like a playoff team, basically. So, that, Faker is the best analogy point because essentially, if you swap any other great mid laner to Faker's spot, they not only get a chance to like be great as an individual player, but they can they can have like a million chances at like championships, worlds, LC. MSI. so that the reason why it's interesting with almost anyone I mean you pick any mid laner almost Monty and Faker like Chovy and Faker how about that imagine mean- if Faker retires when Griffin comes up and Chovy joins T1 and in the last five years was T1 building amazing lineups around sure. Ch- Surely eventually he's won everything. You know what I mean? Doesn't he win MSI and Worlds? Like, Because the point with T1 is you, everyone wants to play for T1 and you've got the money. So simultaneously, you can keep building these squads over and over. So I think there's loads of players you could do for this one, mates. Loads of the Korean mids, basically, right? Any of them, showmaker, pick who you want. Pick who you want. Yeah. Because I do think Faker was in like what you call the catbird seat. It's the best spot to be in. It's just sit yes. there as the player they build around in T1, you know? Yep, for sure.
1: I was told that before MSI. So this person was told. So this is now secondhand information. So we'll take this with a grain of salt. All these months later, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Cloud Templar was really nervous about Mad Lions tearing up the Asian teams because, and I'm not yeah. making, I'm I'm not making come this on. up, even though you heard it, so you might be. Uh, he could not fathom how they were able to take out the mighty BDS with all time scary top lane carry Adam. Now, this does sound like a Cloud Templar take. What is your, one of your guys' favorite Cloud Templar or other Korean heads' narratives or wild statement? Uh, here's what I will say about Cloud Templar. I've known Cloud Templar for many years. This guy loves hyping up the West. Um, and oh, okay. Uh, just in general, he's really, really respectful over Western teams for oh, okay. reasons that I cannot fathom. And so sometimes he comes because out with shit Because like he almost cut them fucking cheeks exactly. and took the whole crown from them, like the man that should be king or something.
0: The
1: because they almost lost in OGN uh, exactly. to Froggen. Uh, so now he respects all the Western teams. It, it okay. is like sometimes parody though. Like some of the conference, I mean, he has some wild takes at times. So it would not surprise me if he's, if he actually. I do right. I know what they like mean. That.
0: Cause when someone translated cloud Templar's thoughts on this qualifying match, he also was like mad bigger up Adam. Like he made Adam sound like he's fucking one and a half times better than he is, but like, <laughs> it was weird <laughs> but it's, I'll just say I can't remember the specific take but I people who watch this show will know I've referenced this previously it was the era when Korea really wasn't on top so like season 8 season 9 this is obviously when like RNG and the LPL was on top and then G2 rose up if you ever go back to those tournaments where the LPL or G2 was beating the top Korean teams I'll just explain it like this I actually for me Cloud Templar was the canary in the coal mine in Korean League of Legends because he essentially his conclusion was always it was like the Idra argument Monty the conclusion was like well you won but just because you played incorrectly and if you'd have played right <laughs> I would have won and it's like I've always said even though I know theoretically what Idra meant you always right. sound like a moron when you say that out loud yeah, like when yeah, yeah. like, would I play correctly so I'd lose to you, you daft cunt? Why would I do that? (laughs) But the point is, the reason I say it's the canary in the coal mine is because it just showed me why League of Legends was stuck at that point in time, Monty. Because I think they really did believe, with the old trackers knife meta, that League of Legends had been solved and it was a game where there were correct protocols all the time, which is obviously the Koreans' favourite style of League of Legends where you iterate and you execute correctly. And in fact, I think what happened was they were just incorrect. What they didn't understand was it isn't a game of perfect information. You had to gamble like, oh, Obviously, we now see not everyone does it now. Everyone understands you have to have those skirmishes and you have to gamble on certain dragon fights that don't always make perfect sense. Like, everyone knows now the game is, again, about, like, mechanics and outplaying people. But at the time, Cloud Templar and the Koreans really just thought, like, it was like the quest for the Holy Grail. They thought if they just kept searching, eventually they would resolve League of Legends and they'd be back on top. And so, essentially, Cloud Templar, on all those tournaments, there's a million times he sort of said it like that. Like, he really did think that, like, you know, T1 played correctly, but they lost every time. It's like... Give me a break, mate. At what point does it click? Maybe they're not playing correctly. Or more importantly, maybe League just hasn't played that way anymore. So yeah, there's my pick.
1: (laughs) What's your take on villains written with sympathetic or sad backstories? Is there a particular one you dislike the execution of? The way this goes, by the way, is so funny, like a lot of the time, I think, because when they try and do this, when they try and make it about some sort of personal tragedy for the villain, and they try and make you sympathetic, a lot of the time these people are just psychopathic or genocidal, and you're supposed to feel bad for them because they had a shitty childhood after they killed like a million people. And to me, it's just, it's so absurd to like oh, try and may. pull your heartstrings like that you know a good example of this is and some terrible writing was starcraft 2 when sarah kerrigan oh, gets jean yeah. sure. and jim Raynor still loves her even though she's literally killed billions of people and you're just supposed to say well i guess it's fine that she did that and even though i guess she's sort of not a villain now i feel bad for her So I think it's oftentimes just really manipulative and stupid. Um, And, uh, you know, it it doesn't it doesn't actually line up. And nobody if you actually think it for two seconds about what this would be like in real life, you would never, ever have any sympathy for these people whatsoever. So it's cheap. No, the real problem is a lot of the time.
0: Unfortunately, I even think the reason they do that is to make you infer that life is like that, and like everyone has a logical. Because here's the problem: what you're really nailing, Monty. If I make it more explicit, is the notion that there's a logical reason why humans do everything, <laughs> but that's not the case at all. No. Like, I, I would hope when people live, look. I admit it took me a long time to figure this out. Everyone's irrational. Now, look, you might go, oh, but women are all emotional. Yeah, so, so are men. It's just in a different way. Not to the same degree, it manifests differently. But like the real joke of the human race is we all convince ourselves with these modern logical things that I like, think, and then we uh, actually reality isn't that. That's the artifice. The LARP is that we're these logical beings acting in the age of rationality and everything we do makes sense. Because <laughs> what drives me crazy, bro, is when people will say shit like, you know, when I like expose some shit about EG. And people use the argument, Monty, like, but then why would they do that when they know they'd just get caught? It's like, well, that's irrelevant, mate. You can you can sit forever and ask why they do it, but they did do it. You're saying it to imply they wouldn't do it because that's a silly, illogical thing that would get you caught. Spoiler, people do that all day long in the world. It's why jail so. isn't really yeah.
1: a deterrent because nobody is no, thinking when when somebody... D- no, commits a felony. Nobody's thinking about going to jail at that time. They're not thinking if I shoot this oh, guy exactly. then I'm going to be in prison forever. Otherwise, the deterrent would would be more effective. You know what I mean? So it's... Well, it, I think it's the acne premise essentially. Like, to me, it's more like...
0: The, you just have to give them leeway that there's a reason they're that way and then you, you it's never going to make sense you can't really experience what they experienced you just have to go right it's plausible essentially i have to have plausible tonight. like it's plausible he could behave that way and not be a total idiot yeah. you know as long as i've got enough i just need it to be plausible as a backstory yeah, cuz yeah, I sort of agree. I don't think you can really do it. it
1: the, the thing about villains and art, though, is like I said, what they do is the villain will do something extremely fucked up and then you'll have some sort of flashback scene where they're like dad was beating them and then you're supposed to sympathize with them. Like, no, that's not how you like would ever example. behave in the real world. It's another one. You know when they try to constantly hint in Game of Thrones
0: that like Cersei obviously had her own fucked up childhood and her father was like power hungry, but then maybe because she was a girl he didn't really give her any attention, and then you know she also then had to look after her own children, so she was in this game of political intrigue where they might kill her own. Child. They do. It doesn't matter how much they build all that up, you never go right. So everything you've just been doing's cool then. That's everything fine. in the series was all right. Yeah, just, you know you, what? Everything you did was just fine. Because remember of when you all that. when you blew, you blew up, up that church and killed up. everybody? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he never he never does he never does
1: yeah so anyway i i i often find that that's really shit writing i guess is the answer o- almost every time almost every time yeah um has either of you seen who killed captain alex i have not
0: do you know what that is If not, what's
1: your favorite? The Room tier movie, so bad that it's good.
0: Oh, so it's some like this is some some like indie shit. I'm guessing Uh, Bird
1: Birdemic was pretty terrible and hilarious. I, I, Doa made me watch that one.
0: I mean, I am a big fan of The Room. I do think The Room Room is is ironically a really entertaining movie. Like also, it unironically has mad replay value. I'll probably watch that like five times. mate. it's just really good. It's just mega entertaining, isn't it? (laughs)
1: Uh, what else was we doing up there for you? I, like I said, don't show me. Have you watched many of these movies? Have you watch like troll and all that shit? Have you watched the classics that everyone mm. loves? I haven't seen troll, but I know about it.
0: <laughs> That's the one, if people remember, I think it was troll Two was the one where it has all those clips where it's like that guy, it's like the Norwegian oh, movie, right? You're eating that person. Oh! Like those, <laughs> it's like really bad. acting, Basically. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I think do... you're mixing up Troll Hunter and Troll. Oh, Troll then, Hunter whatever. and Troll. Were... Right, well, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I, there was I, two. One of them was like a real one that was sort of like an indie that was cool. I think it was Troll ah. Hunter, and then Troll yeah, was yeah, the yeah. one that I think was just
1: a bad actor, if I remember correctly. I I, I watch some of these movies sometimes, usually because doe makes me watch them, uh or I'm or, or honestly, like I'm watching MST3K, and MST3K does. I'm trying a... to think
0: what else is really good in that regard, though. There's not that many movies because like everyone knows the classics, money like Plan Nine from Outer Space sure, or yeah, the yeah. like, those of them are the, not actually that good is the problem. So the problem is the Room is the ultimate one for me. The Room yeah. Yeah. It like the 2001 A Space Odyssey of So Bad They're Good Movies, and <laughs> yeah, it's, isn't true. it's the
1: best. It's, it's hard it's the to get. <laughs> it's too
0: good because the it's problem with so it funny. is it's the only one monty where i watch it and like remember some of these other ones are just bad movies this is the one where it's like how does this even exist though you th- you're just watching it and you're thinking like how could you even get to the point that you finished the movie you know what i mean it's <laughs> actually a movie that it works it's in cinema because it's that
1: ridiculous isn't it at all i just i just love the fact that they're like editing this together and they're thinking they're just nodding to themselves saying yeah this is good this is good great <laughs> Oh, no, the worst part, I'll tell
0: you, if you don't know this, Monty, is that this is where everyone on some level is shameless in Hollywood. Because that guy, Tommy Wiseau, because yeah. now it got like this cult classic. He now yeah. lies and says it was always a dark I comedy. know,
1: I know. It's ridiculous. There's no way, bro. <laughs> There's you no thought way.
0: this was real. And by the way, as an aside, I like that movie so much. I even watched that like biopic movie with James Franklin. Was that where good? He plays him. The disaster it wasn't artist? bad, actually. It wasn't yeah, bad. I was going to watch that. Like as you can imagine, the actual Tommy Wiseau character himself is quite an interesting guy who wasn't sure. like, a very unusual yeah. th- So I would say they do a decent job sort of setting him up and showing like his weird as well. And they don't just make him, by the way, like he's not like just comedic relief. They try to actually like give him like a real humanity and be a serious character and he has his own reasons. So yeah, I think that's the ultimate one. Just just watch the what the room again. Oh suggest one for us. If you think there's like a one we've missed, let us know. Because it's not impossible in the future yeah. we might do one of these for the four player show. Like maybe that's we'll true, do like actually. a so black they're
1: good. <laughs> Yeah. series of that, films that's actually probably a pretty funny funny one for that we'll keep the captain alex one in mind uh north american professionals lawyers bankers consultants are known as some of the hardest working people and often work equal if not more hours than even their asian counterparts i i worked in law in new york god if that's true is yeah it true? it's yes <laughs> especially new york law yeah. is crazy especially big law i mean these lawyers are working like 100 hours plus a week um Why do you think this isn't reflected in esports? It even draws from a similar pool of people, like upper middle class people from from major Bay areas. I feel like there's an obvious reason culturally,
0: Monty, which goes like this. When you work for a law firm, they're not flexing all that shit. Like, well, you know, mental health and work-life balance. And you know, oh, sorry, is it 10 p.m.? You better go home so you can get your... They're going... It's like a coding session. It's like we're in the Crunch Week, mate. We just do yeah. whatever it takes to get the kids done. On Friday, we go to court. If we lose, yeah, you're all trial. fired. And all... There's trial. Are so, your yeah,
1: exhibits but... ready for trial? Have you done, have you like prepped well, it's your it's witnesses?
0: The, <laughs> the real problem in the West is this it's true, the mo- incentives, money wise, are all there, Monty. the idea you could make like, this is the saddest thing of all, Monty. What proves that it's not about incentives is the League of Legends LCS system for the last 10 years. Motherfuckers like Double Lifter were getting millions of dollars a year and they still couldn't do whatever it took to be at the level of the Asian players or I would say personally, it's not incentives. I would say it's culture. Like the difference is if they'd done that fucked up tiger mom shit on all the players in the LCS, first of all, half of them would burn out and have mental health problems. But I'll tell you what, they might actually have a weird chance of having an outside crack in so, it. Because let's be real, that's the area where the Asians are always going to beat us. Because they don't consider that fucked up guys. That's, that They just consider that life.
1: That's yeah. just real life. You know? and, and it's it, there are different stakes too. So for example, I was actually reading an article today about NFL players' recovery. And a lot of these these... these guys have first off very advanced recovery uh, equipment or facilities installed in their own homes at the cost of hundreds of thousands of dollars, or they literally have teams of recovery specialists. Some of them pay them like $300,000, a million dollars a year just to like, you know, do all the recovery techniques because NFL is so brutal that they need their body in shape for the very next week of games. And so this all comes out of their own pockets. Now they make millions and millions of dollars and, their body is their livelihood. But like the LCS players, I agree with Thorin that it's part of culture. Imagine if they were spending their own money on their own potential coaches or specialists, right? Which I think maybe some of them have, but not a lot of them. They rely on the teams to provide that for them. They could certainly shell out a little bit of cash. But also, you know, what I think is funny about the thing, the way that it's treated in esports even compared to regular sports. It's not like the NFL player is getting a mental or physical health break the next week of competition if they're too stressed out. It's not like that lawyer to the point you made there. If there's a court date, you can't just go to the judge and say, you know, I really need like a couple extra weeks for my mental health break before this trial starts. It's been really stressful, you know, prepping all my witnesses, getting all my, writing my my opening arguments. Um, I I just need, I've been working like 80 hours a week, so I I just need a little bit of a break. Like the the concept of that is just fucking ridiculous. And so you would think they would try harder. And the only thing is that you could ever say is a culture issue within esports in North America. It's not even sports in North America, because athletes play fucking hard, so...
0: Like, I've always said this to people. I think the most misunderstood thing about Korean League of Legends or esports in Korea in general, Monty, is this stupid thing where Westerners see, like, you know, they'll see during Worlds now, they'll see, like, a picture. Like, let's say, I'll give you a random example. Let's say, like, Shocks or Law or some one of the female talent that's at the event will always on their social media have a post that's like, oh, look, you know, say on the Korean underground, look, they've got, like, League of Legends characters on the, on a poster on the side of the train. So what will happen is all these fans in the West will see that and go, holy shit, that's how accepted esports is there. And they will always make this mistake, Monty, of thinking that means all of Korean culture embraces esports and thinks it's an aspirational job. And in doing so, they are completely wrong. Because actually, your parent doesn't want you to become faker unless you can definitely be faker. And even then, if they had the choice, they might still pick lawyer over faker. And if you don't know that, you don't know why these players kill themselves to be the best. Because it's not even like the coach is telling them, you must practice the extra hours. They know that if they don't make it, Then they go back to the same parent who never wanted them to try this anyway and essentially say, I failed at two things now. I failed at school and I didn't make it as a pro. I'll tell you what, that fucking fire behind you will keep you going really hard in the game because it's all or nothing when you get on that track as far as I can tell.
1: We've also talked about this as a socioeconomic issue many times. I've said a lot of the Korean players come from lower Class backgrounds. Um, and so they are supporting their families, and there is more incentive. Most of the NA pros come from upper middle class backgrounds where there isn't the same incentive. That's the opposite. Just, it yeah, it's, yes. just, it's just straight up. Because the vibe I always got, Monty, is actually the opposite culturally. The vibe I always got, despite
0: all the complaints, as you say, about the mental health stuff, I always got the vibe that if you're a pro, it's sort of like, yeah, yeah, I kind of like being an LCS pro. If I don't get the team off for next year, maybe I go back and do that second year of uni. And I just want to go yeah. like, bro, what sort of like mad, <laughs> look what a pri- essentially, I'll use the term, what a privileged life you live. Like well, That sounds awesome, go, by the way. Well, I'm just
1: going to go stream, you know. <laughs> oh no! Or I can just
0: get a gig in the esports. In you know what I mean? Like yeah. the, the the options for transition are so much easier. As as I say, if you're in the Korean playing system, it feels like all or nothing. You are really going for like like I would compare it more to stuff like trying to make it in Hollywood as an actor, mate. You either make it or you end up with some fucking nobody that spit out the back of the system that no one will remember. So I think the stakes are just way higher. Even even with all that said, by the way. It's not like if we made all the Westerners play the same, they'd never be as good. But my point is, I think that fundamentally means there will always be a divide in terms of how they play. Because I agree with the premise. Like essentially what he's getting at on the premise there is, it's not like them just being born Korean meant they had to be better. It's probably a mixture, I think, of culture and then the fact that they've got so many people trying to be pro. The other thing is how many people want to be pro. There's the other thing, Monty. People can be any challenger and never have any dream of even being pro. If you even get high on Korean solo
1: queue, you're trying to be It's yes. almost
0: implicit within what you're doing. Oh, you're you're trying be to one day be sure. pro if possible.
1: Yeah, exactly. Since usually your movie recommendations are of action or thriller nature, let's switch it up. What do you consider your favorite romance, comedy, slash, high fantasy movies of all time? If we can name three different movies. Romance, comedy, or high fantasy. I mean, I, look, I think the Lord of the Rings movies are fucking great. I think they're way better than the books. The books are terrible. The, the movies are actually telling the story that uh, Tolkien was not a good writer. He was a great inventor of a world. But in terms of actually telling the story that Tolkien wanted to tell, the Lord of the Rings bo- movies are insanely better. And those movies are very good. Um, what about romance or comedy? Romance. Movies. I mean, comedy for me
0: is easy because I've always said, even though people think it's a guilty pleasure, I think the movie Clerks by Kevin Smith's a banger.
1: I think it's a fucking hilarious sure, movie. Yeah. It's really good. Um, I mean, his, like, what are some of my favorite comedy? Well, Romance. I've talked about this a lot. I love Only Lovers Left Alive, which is kind of cheating because it's a vampire movie, but it is a romance movie, (laughs) technically. (laughs) Um, uh, My wife had me watch the Before Dawn movies, which I really enjoyed. Um, Comedy.
0: But you mean like the Richard Linklater
1: ones? Yes, the Richard Linklater's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. I think those are very enjoyable. Um, As for comedy movies... I mean, I've I've always enjoyed Monty Python and like Life of Brian and uh, the Holy Grail. Um, Those are classic. I mean, there's so many great classic comedy movies. I feel like it's that's not really. I feel like we recommend these movies quite a bit. I don't know. I'll give you a couple. So, like,
0: uh, for comedy, like I said, Clerks is one. For romance, I'll give you more of, like, an independent pick, but I think it's a banger. You won't have seen it. It's a movie called Happy Accidents, which actually has Vincent D'Orforio and um, Marisa Tomein. It's just a very unique premise. It is it is a romance movie, but I'll, there's a twist that I won't give you in it, which makes it, like, secretly... In a, it's one of those movies, by the way, guys, if you want a pro tip, this is what you watch with your girlfriend or your wife, but it's like, oh, it's like a romance movie. Now you watch it, but it's got something for you in it, though. That's all I'm gonna say. So it's, weird, it's, weird. it's got. There's a little bit that
1: something works into the storyline that makes it a different type of movie, but it does
0: start like that, so it's all good.
1: Does Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind count?
0: Does it- that should count as
1: a romance movie.
0: Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> I That's that's a fair
1: one. Also, by the way, it's it's also quite like quite a deep romance
0: movie. If you think about it. like all the yeah. stuff about like like d- deleting your relationships, and then like that woman who keeps falling in love with, with spoilers with the guy who's doing the machine. It's a, I actually thought some of the side stuff right. that was pretty profound. It's quite a cool. I mean, movie, I'm, a, I'm a big
1: Charlie Kaufman fan, so um, but yeah, that one's great. What are your favorite genres?
0: High fantasy, I'm with you. Aside from Lord of the rings, I don't even know what there is for that. Like I actually think I've got some really bad
1: ones like, from the eighties. Like you legend or... the sh- as you can scroll. see, the time.
0: usually they're done quite badly. Those sorts of movies, unfortunately. So I can't think of anything beyond Lord of the Rings for that.
1: Yeah. Unless yeah.
0: I can count like, like if they count like the adventures of Baron Munchausen or time bandits, somewhere, then we'll take that. I don't know if that
1: should be high fantasy or not, but time bandits is a great time. Bandits, if you've never seen it. I think time bandits counts. I feel like that counts. By the way, they're making a TV show, which is going to be terrible.
0: Oh, and also, by the way, it goes out saying, if you have a kid, you are now 100% justified watching The NeverEnding Story as many times as you want. <laughs> yep. That's true. a great movie. Straight fire movie. <laughs> That's one of those ones for real. There's not that many can do it, Monty, but that is one where when I watch it, I just am like eight years old again. I'm back there already. It's like, right, there we go. We're back here again. We're
1: in Fantasia. Awesome. I love
0: that shit, man. It's one of the best of all time. Yeah,
1: that was a good one. Um, yeah, a lot of those are from the 80s, like a lot of the high fan, like, I mean, they're also all pretty fucking terrible. Like, I, you know, like, I watched Willow, by the way, again, on our culture channel, Doe and I did a show revisiting Willow after 30 years. I just, Val Comer was fucking cursed, man. He's such a good actor. And he was in all these terrible movies. <laughs> he, he's like the only bright spot in a lot of these movies. But Willow's okay. It's okay. Uh, what are your favorite genres of movies and are there any annoying misconceptions you think the public have about those genres? For example, pe- people thinking film noir are overly complicated as you brought up in the Maltese film. I mean, film noir okay. is kind of always overly complicated. <laughs> it's kind of its thing uh, being very nuanced and like multi-threaded conspiracies. Uh, but what I don't know if I have a, like a particular favorite genre. I just like good movies, you know what I mean. I don't really care what genre they're in.
0: I'm a big fan of. I know
1: Richard's like a huge horror fan, but I I like some horror stuff, but I'm not like super into any particular genre. Maybe maybe sci-fi is the closest one for me, but even then, not not really. Uh. Would you rather go on an excellent adventure, take a bonus journey, or face the music? I mean, I love Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, the first one. I, I actually haven't seen the the third one, which I heard was good. I didn't even know there was a third one. Probably. They made one a few years ago, like a couple years ago. Apparently, it's quite good, uh, but I have not what, seen with it. with the original part,
0: like Keanu yeah. Reeves
1: in that? Yeah? With Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter. We'll <laughs> have to watch this then. Okay. Yeah, I, I heard it's good. The first two were pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I love I love Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. That's a, It's definitely a <clears throat> OG classic. There's a comedy I fucking love. Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Rank the following sports by how hard a truly terrible matchup is to watch with rank 1 being the hardest to watch. So, which is the least which is the least pleasurable esport to watch a a bad match in? League, CS, Starcraft, Overwatch, Valorant or Dota? Well, I don't watch two of those. So like I feel like it's League probably. Because here's the problem I've always said
0: with League, it's one of the worst games ever for like individual stars on bad teams being able to do anything in the game. That's like true. I give the example earlier for the ADC. I mean, Overwatch is like the bad ba- at that too. <laughs> if you're a Berserker. It doesn't matter how good you are at ADC. If you're playing JDG, you'll never be in the game. You'll never even have a chance to show you're good. Whereas like in Counter-Strike, if you're Berserker, and you're actually good. You can still have some rounds that you do something. You can still pop off and get kills and show me that like you're a good player. I feel like in League, the game itself goes against you and their team goes against you, the comp goes against you. Oh, There's so many things can be on your back in League, I feel like.
1: The thing about Overwatch is that all the bad teams try and play like the good teams, and they re- they always refuse to play their own style. So watching really bad teams play each other in like goats in Overwatch was fucking painful. It was really bad. So hey, I wait know. a minute, I thought, I thought the premise was like a it was like a mismatch game, like a really good no, team versus no, no, no. a bad team, what? a truly terrible it? it's match, just, just like a total oh, clown. This is two fiesta. Good teams
0: play right. I hadn't thought of that okay.
1: I, I think for me, oh, it's right? I, see. I misunderstood you. Yeah, I don't. I don't know enough about Valorant or Dota to say like Stark. Starcraft's really bad, too. Starcraft can be really bad. Yeah, but the problem is Starcraft
0: can never be the worst, because remember, in Starcraft, a game can still be... You can even forfeit a game. Sure. Actually, that's that's a mega selling point that you can forfeit a game that's shit, can not you? Like, I, I think people underestimate that part, man. Sometimes it's a Nightmare League where the game just drags out 20 minutes, and you know it's going to be so, a loss.
1: The thing is, I know enough about CS to appreciate it, but not enough to do very deep analysis of it. So I, I would probably rather watch a bad CS match, because... The reasons why it was super terrible would probably mostly elude me. Um, so I'd, I'd say I'd most I'd say, I'd say CS Starcraft League and then Overwatch would be my ranking. Overwatch being okay. the worst. <laughs> uh, despite Dardox's history of being toxic throughout his career, I can't help but feel that he was unfairly dropped slash scapegoated at certain points. Well, there were definitely cases where he 100% deserved to be dropped like Team Liquid. Some of the dropping straight up did not make sense. 2017 CLG and 2021 Dignitas. Unfortunately, it is impossible to know for sure as most of it was warranted as none of the teams aside from TL ever gave full context. I mean, there was what there was stuff this? Has to, happening behind the scenes as well. There I is,
0: but what I'll say is this: the real problem Dardock had is this, Monty. It could never ever have worked out, no matter what team. And the reason I say that is this: even beyond, like you allude to, real things we know have happened where he had disputes and he was toxic. Even beyond that, if you think about the sort of the type of environment we've been able to bring out over the years on shows like this, that the LCS specifically is like, in contrast to LEC and the other regions. They're just not a region that like that sort of criticism. So even like Dardock, that like reformed, I don't think would make it Monty. Like he's, to me... I, 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 here's the analogy I'll give you because I'll tie it into someone you know I I think the only reason Doublelift got away with being the way Doublelift was is because he was so much better than so many people in the region, it's because he was basically the best player and you knew if you built around him you'd win and remember, before Doublelift started winning, people didn't put up with it, people were kicking him off teams, people would just get, so the real problem Dardoch had is he wasn't like fucking diamond procs he wasn't like so absurdly good at jungle you had to make it work, so I actually think essentially, even if he was like his his best behaviour, he'd still be someone who like would have problems with losing, and he'd still be like provoking discussion. So I think I said to me, he just is a bad culture fit for any anyway. Like I don't even think it's just the toxicity. Although I do agree with those examples. Like like if you go and watch that uh, Afro move, Reflections. Dude, he doesn't even know why Dardock was kicked from CLG. He says, for real, they were, like, winning everything and they were the best team, and then that they had, like, one, like, small argument, and suddenly, like, he was just off the team, and you were like, what the fuck? And then, like, that was it. You just had to play with, like, it was, like, fucking... I can't even remember the name of that guy. It was, like, some guy they had in their academy team, if you remember. Oh, my the God, that was... It was that guy who came in, like, just... And it obviously went nowhere. I even think when they kicked him off TSM, it was a bit harsh. That was his flawed TSM team, if you remember. That was one that was fucking scuffed, So the sad thing is, essentially, to bring it all the way back, the problem is this was a player who clearly had like real talent. And especially I always thought his raw like feel for ganking, dude, you can't teach that. Like there's yeah, been plenty of players that were like good players. He just had like an actual real skill. So I, it is a shame, but I actually sort of get it. He was as, he's in the he's not already in the wrong game. League of Legends is way too soft. You're in the wrong decade, bro. Like if anything, Darduk <laughs> needs to be like reborn as like a one V one Quake player in like two thousand and five Monty. <laughs> then he's gonna be fine would have done well be in Starcraft
1: awesome. too. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) exactly exactly (laughs) that's what he needs People, people, people who complain about Dardoch never saw Naniwa, that's what I'm
0: going to say. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think on that topic though, Monty? Because like I said, I don't even yeah. think it's just a bad behavior. I think, it, like I've heard stories, like even European players who just mildly crit- critiqued people got in trouble in some of those sessions. You're like, oh yeah, right. It's almost uh, like that fucking Black Panther meme. like that's not what we do here. Like that's what it's like when he come in. And I mean, the other,
1: the other interesting thought experiment is what if Dardock was European or had gone over to Europe to play, would he still have had yep. those same issues? Um I I do think it was a very soft time in LCS culture, but also uh he does he he does have some issues. But I he also did wild outlaw. He was wild as well. (laughs) I I don't think I think the teams were not equipped to handle him properly as well, this staff. Uh I've been loving the film noir phase on foreplay. Instantly, if you watched any Korean Neo Noir movies. I've seen old boy and the vengeance trilogy. Um, I, I know, I know that I think the handmaid is also considered a neo-noir film and I've heard it's the handmaiden and I've heard it's really good, but I haven't seen it. Um, So I'm not super familiar. Obviously I'm a huge fan of old boy movie fucking rules. Have you seen any of these movies? I no, you've seen old Old boy. Boy. It's
0: very good. I've seen the vengeance trilogy. I just thought that was a bit more hit and miss. Sure.
1: How did you guys feel about the Twitter reactions to BDS winning versus PSG? It seemed to me like they would won best of five versus Korea and not barely squeezed by and in a matchup. They were supposed to be favored. Uh, wait, a,
0: wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. Rewind that last part of the sentence. Read that last, last sentence again.
1: Go barely on. squeezed by in a matchup. They were supposed to be no, favored. Did, oh, did you just imply BDS.
0: BDS was heavily favored? Yes. BDS was literally the betting underdog. <laughs> I know. I bet on them. They were the betting underdog in that match. That's true. You can go check it. So all I'll say is I, I actually reject the premise. As far as I get... You know what? Are you ready? I've just... Literally, this is like fucking... You know in Sherlock, when he walks in the room and then someone goes... And he goes oh, hello, officer, how was the bar- How was Barbados? And they go, what do you mean? How do you know I just came back? And he goes, well, on your shoulder, there was... The- like, are you ready? Like, listen, American fan who just submitted this question. You're salty that fucking Golden Guardians got their shit pushed in 3-0 in a match that they had no chance of winning, right? So what you've done is you've retconned it that BDS was such enormous favourites that now winning 3-0 over your hope isn't enough. Now they're supposed to, like, win 3-0 with, like... Literally not even a single chance to ever like die. Luke. Give me a break, mate. They're three here. How are you going to critique that? You fuck. How are you going to critique that? Come on. Come on, bro. What even is this question? I don't get it, mate. Sounds scuffed to me. Sounds scuffed to me. Just fake news. Fake news. Move on. Fake news. Um, get CNN out of this fucking press call. Get him out.
1: Uh, this question comes from Elephant Culture episode six, or I think this is Nerd Legion episode six, where you and Doa agree to put humanity over each other. Oh, I think I told Doa I would kill him to save humanity. Is there a situation where you would do the opposite? Yeah. Perhaps if the stakes were lower like a country or a different person, like a parent, child or spouse, due to having different values. Okay. Uh, I don't think I would choose Doa over a country, my parents, a my kid or my wife. Pretty sure Doa loses in all of those.
0: By <laughs> the way, that's one of those areas where, I don't know if you know this, Monty, but that's actually one of the things I did pinpoint myself as how I've changed my whole philosophy on life. I used to actually believe, as like sort of a moral principle, the premise of all those trolley experiments, Monty, that essentially, the you know, it's like the fucking Star Trek line, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few, right? In theory, of course, you know, one human life can't be worth more. No, I've actually changed my mind 100%. If it's like actually my real close family, family, Monty, my real fat. I would sacrifice all of you motherfuckers, all of every, every human in this world, if I have to, if I choose that trolley, you put, put as many people on the track as you want me. If I need the person on the other one to live, I'll, I'll sacrifice you all. So I'll do everyone for that. Don't even worry about it. Don't even worry about it. And then you can go, but well, that's selfish. Yes. Guess what? That is selfish. It's I'm only going to be alive bad. once. And this is mine. I'm exactly, I'll make an executive decision on this
1: one. Sorry. That's the way it's
0: going. Okay.
1: Uh, who is your who is currently your favorite up and coming director? For example, mine would be Robert Eggers. Uh, I like Ari Aster a lot. I have not seen Bo is Afraid yet, though, which I heard was very weird. But I also don't trust the critics a lot of the time. So I'm, I'm waiting to see that one. But I super enjoyed Hereditary and Midsummer, And I'm not a the horror fan, by all- the way.
0: The problem is obviously the term up and coming could be so variable. Like obviously I don't know that many of the, like the new ones. So I'll take that guy who did the movie Mandy and Beyond the Black Rainbow, oh, the yeah. Panos Cosmatos guy, because he's only done like two films as far as it all. So I guess he has to be the one that wins that one for me, because I don't know that many of the new ones. Robert Eggers is quite good too, though.
1: All right, last question. Zoomers perpetually enjoy to auto how athletes in ye olden days could only dream of shining the shoes of the athletes of today. Obviously False. true. They couldn't even afford color cameras. Does this also applies to esports pros that with the cream of the crop from season three transported 10 years, eventually rise to the top by the season 14 starts, or we never hear from the vast majority of them. So this is really just a question of as sports has advanced. So not only in terms of depth of the sport, in terms of strategy and technique and knowledge, um, but also like basically would people's physical or mental abilities allow them to succeed in a more advanced environment in terms of with athletes, like recovery, as we talked about earlier, um, physical training, you know, advancements in science, uh, the ability to repair injuries and allow people to return to play where formerly it might've been career ending. Right. Uh, These are all questions. And look, I think a lot of the players that, we're back in the olden times. First off, some of them have just straight up held up, like Deft that we were talking about earlier, Rookie or Faker or these guys, just quite surprising. Um, but also, I think a lot of the people that were very good, I mean, I know a lot of these pros, they were very driven and intelligent, and oftentimes the things that caused their careers to be cut short were really just a lack of motivation to keep it going and to be dedicated okay. within the game. They didn't stop being mechanically good. They didn't stop being talented, right? So I think probably all, many of them would have held up. All right, I've got to take on this. First things first, though, even though it'll seem unrelated,
0: just because we're comparing old greats to new greats, I'll give you a piece of trivia that will actually bake your noodle, Monty. No one is prepared when they hear this, because when I saw it, it also didn't make sense. Are you ready? You know Travis Kelsey? Sure. Is the same age as Gronkowski.
1: That is actually crazy.
0: That doesn't make sense, does it, when He's, you hear it? I didn't know Gronk it was only like 32.
1: That's, I thought he was older. He's 34. He's oh, 34 yeah. years old.
0: Wow. Isn't that mental? It's because if people don't know, tells he was like a late bloomer and came after college. Sure. And Gronkowski obviously got injured earlier. So it, but it's one of those ones that it doesn't... You know how many times you think about it, you feel like, no, they have to be 10 years off. Like, right. That doesn't make yeah, sense. Yeah. But anyway... I was going to say this, right? This classic debate is in every game. And the worst thing is, as you said, Monty, it's always stupid nephews who love it. Because really, what they're saying is this, Monty. Well, I don't need to know about history because a bench warmer now would dominate, you know, Muhammad Ali or, you know, pick it with, with Jim Brown or fucking, I mean, that's you, not- you know... B- Pele, no, but here's the problem with that thinking. They're doing it so that they can big up themselves for being alive today, Monty. Here's why it doesn't work on either end. Because here's what happens, right? Notice they don't, Monty, take you back for one game. They say they'd put you in that era. You've just fucked up there. You've given the whole game away, nephew, that you don't know what sports is. Because here's what happens, right? I'll give you an example. Let's take Adam today in League of Legends, Monty, and drop him in season three. I'll tell you what. For the first month, he's going to be dominating, bro. Think about the things even he knows about. But the problem is what happens after month one, Monty? Everybody every other him. player playing him <laughs> starts to learn all the things yep. he's doing. And, and every other great player, Flame and all the ones in, over in Korea, they start watching. And they will inevitably, if he keeps the advantage of having those things, they will benefit and eventually they'll be better than him and he won't be the best player it's in the world. It's much easier to now, catch
1: up than it is to innovate.
0: Now go the other way. Take the player they all think, like, lol, Frogan, you think Frogan's good? Take Frogan from season two when he hasn't burned out at all, put him today. Same thing, he catches up. He'd play the players now and he'd learn how they lean and how they fight. So the real problem with that is it only works, like I say, if you do a one-off match, mate. I actually think if you took, like, Jim Brown and put him today, he'd be fucking amazing with modern sports tech probably wouldn't retire 10 years too early either. You know what I mean? Meanwhile, if you take the player today that they're like, Lol, that bench would would dominate. No, he'd dominate for a week. And then after that, when people figure out, oh, wait a minute, you can actually like run through the air gap. You know what I mean? Like, when they figure out all the strategical concepts, it would eventually even out as far. As I can tell, because like at the end of the day, the, the problem with this argument goes like this they think, and I've always disagreed with this, they think Mark Z made this argument in the past about NA versus EU. They think it's a pure like Malthusian numbers game, Monty. All you're doing is get a giant funnel, and their logic goes if the funnel's big enough, eventually you get faker. Now, the problem I have with that, Monty, is that's not the way probability works. There's no probability you ever get fake. You can have yeah. the
1: biggest funnel ever. China has the biggest funnel
0: and didn't make figure. <laughs> well, the joke is they got Knight eventually, but sure. look how long it took, you know. They have yeah, like yeah. Knight and Uzi, that's about it, right? Yeah, so the, the other thing is, the problem with that is those players that are the ultra, 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 ultra outlier, because they're the ultra outlier, they aren't actually inevitable. They don't always come. Here's the difference. If you have a giant funnel, Monty, you'll get a load of like pretty good players. Yeah, of course. You'll get, so you'll get like, some 8 out of 10 players. They're 10 out of 10 players, they either come or they don't like that. That's almost like for real, like lightning strikes the earth and you get a player like that. Like, so essentially, yeah, that's my argument. I actually think it's just in the short term, they're right. In the long term, I think it actually misunderstands how like we all share game knowledge and meta understanding and we all level up as time goes on, you know,
1: it's also just, you don't even have to apply this to sports. You can just apply this to human history. Like people are not fundamentally smarter than they were several thousand years ago. We just all benefit from the collective advancement of the human race. you can't be serious if you tell me that if we brought Socrates into the modern world, that he'd be some sort of fucking dumbass or like Shakespeare would be a bad writer. Like they would adapt their styles and they would learn. But these are still uniquely brilliant people. They're just a product of their times. And you can, like you you can only so innovate integral. based on what you have right now. And, yeah, it's true that if you took modern lol players back. You know, to 2014, they would completely dominate, but that's because they are building on a knowledge base of how to play the game that those players were innovating. And I can tell you from casting those games, it was quite thrilling at the time to see that innovation, even if it is commonplace now. Like, you would be so triggered,
0: bro, if you'd seen this, like, discussion that happened as part of the discourse in politics, the, like, two weeks <laughs> ago. For real, a guy used the logic of how Bayesian, like, outliers oh, or whatever yes. work, like, some sort of probability <laughs> logic. He just essentially explained that using probability, it's just unlikely that Shakespeare was that good because he was well, so long Sam ago. Sam like, I responded to your tweet. It's basically the same argument I'm making, which is that, like, no, but you're missing the point. Is like, if someone really was uniquely
1: that excellent, they're not really a product of their time in that regard. They're like, they are like an Outlier that just came out of nowhere, aren't they? You know, (laughs) that's why we still talk about them. It turns out, I mean, because by the way, the the reason that
0: topic is interesting, but I I think it's just miss it's like maligned, like how they explain it is because I always think the nephew is wrong. Like, here's the problem, Monty. Like I said, there they think. That you, the advantage has to hold. They don't get that. When they say like, oh, this player now would be better than Jerry West in the NBA in the 60s, Monty. No, no. What you're missing is this. Let Jerry West come to now and have yes. all the sports tech and the training and from day one be a professional athlete and not have all his business. Let, let's see how good he would be. Here's the difference. We don't know how your guy would do. I'm almost certain my guy would be better. My guy <laughs> from the 60s is going to be way better. What are you talking about? like he's actually be a better version of what he could have been. He didn't have all those advantages. So I think it's fine. It's actually quite an interesting premise, but you got to do both angles for me. You got to you got to be fair to both sets of people. They all could benefit and all could learn from each other and stuff. You know.
1: Yeah. All right, guys. That that was it. That was our last question uh, of the day. Thank you very much to our Discord subscribers. That is very helpful. Um, and uh, we'll be releasing this episode out on Spotify and YouTube soon. So. We will see you. uh, Actually, we're going to come back halfway through the Swiss stage. So there is, I, I should make this announcement now. There is a break in the Swiss stage. So there used to be, just like there used to be a couple day break between groups, we will be doing an episode of Summoning Insight after the first phase of Swiss and then after the second phase of Swiss and then after quarter semis and finals as well. And you can catch uh, Power Spike, which is going on this channel at the same time, our LFN culture channels that are going, sports channels that are going, and Competitive Edge brought to you by Esports Bet. That one is over on the Esports Bet YouTube channel. Remember to comment with your user- username in order to enter the raffle for free. Money on their site. So thank you very much, guys, and we will see you in a few days.